Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today on Project Chris, I have a sit down with Sean Macken McDonald. I've known Sean for a few years now, done a fair bit of work for his family and himself, and he sat down with me today to do an episode on his recent attendance to the Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within event in Sydney, which lasted four days. We talked quite in depth as to what goes on at that event and his takeaways from it. Um, we talked about various other things going on in our lives and with his direction. He's a great, he's a great bloke, uh, talks really well. He's got a good direction, good goals, and you know, I'm just I'm really happy for people that are just focusing on getting their life on track or people who are wanting to get their life on track. These these types of conversations are definitely uh, what I like to hear, and hopefully you guys like it too. So have a listen, and you know, subscribe. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcast, all that kind of stuff. So have a listen. Hope you enjoy. Tensions aren't pure. People sniff that shit out. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's a full bullshit, straight yeah. up. Like if you were, if you, you know, if Tony Robbins, which he's, like I said before, he's got that, he's got that um, mystique about him. No one really knows what went down in his earlier days. Although nah. he's a giant, he does. Like he pretty much goes through it. You know, with day one when we're out there, it's pretty much like. You know, you, you're turning your fear into power and that's when you have, like, your breakthrough and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So with the virtual, like, our breakthrough was just basically, you know, where you want to be to move forward in life and it was like we wrote it on, a, it was a bit of timber and that's what we broke. That was our breakthrough. But uh, right. live, it was a whole different ball game. Like, just the whole atmosphere. You've got, you know, over 7,500 people in this arena in Kudos Bank Arena in Sydney. And you're feeding off each other. A lot of people think, oh, shit, it's like a massive cult kind of thing and that. And in a way, it sort of feels like it because realistically, you're all there for a similar reason to do better than what you're doing now and to basically be better than everyone else that's out there and achieve what your goals are Mm -hmm. sooner than later. So pretty much, you know, at the end of the first day, you're walking on coals. So you basically, that whole first day is like you're trying to figure out, okay, what am I uncertain about in, in life? You know, you, you there's like the human needs and everything like that. So, with, you know, are you, the, we all need connection. We all need love. The main thing is like you need a lot of certainty in life and that. So without those sort of things, people don't feel like they're complete. So you're pretty much going through all these kind of things to basically prime you 
to be in a peak state, which is what he basically goes into, being in a peak state to get to like you know that next level in your life. So pretty much when you go at the end of the day, and like most of the days are going from anywhere from 10, 11 hours to like 12 hour days. And you, it was like probably about 9.30, 10 o'clock at night in Sydney in September. And I was fucking freezing. <laughs> so we're walking out, no shoes on, shorts and jumper. Luckily I had a jumper on with me. <laughs> and we're walking out, everyone's just chanting like, yes, yes. Like everyone's just pumping each other up. And then you've got, like, everyone's putting all these coals out and you've got all these rows. Probably would have been uh, maybe about 12 foot long, mm. each row would have been. It's almost like four metres roughly. And then, yeah, you've got these over 200-odd degree coals that you're about to walk over. And, like, any normal sane person would be like, how the fuck is this going to work? Because I can't touch a hot plate, let alone my feet walk across you know, yeah, yeah. over 200 degree coals. And then, um, so yeah, like mum was behind us and then you pretty much walk up and there's just like all these support supporters that work for Tony Robbins and that, that are there at the event. And they pretty much just like, everyone's like, you've got this. And you're like, yes, yes. And everyone's chanting, trying to get, get you through it. And basically the whole point is that from where you're standing, you step up onto that bit of grass and you look at the other side, that's your breakthrough for where you want to be. Right. And then pretty much just like getting yourself into that peak state. Are you and, thinking about something before you do it? Like anything you've written down earlier? Yeah. So like pretty much going, okay, well, this is where I am now. You know, my goal that I want to get to is like financial freedom and stuff like that to basically, you know, not have to work and be set up. And then for my son to be set up when, you know, I pass away. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, that's what my goal is to get there, but I have to break through this fear to get there. And then you basically, they say to you, you've got to go, cool moss, cool moss, cool moss, as you just walk, you look up, don't look down. And like, you got one dude in your ear just like, come on, yes, yes. And then there's a lady in front of you and she's like waiting for you to just, next thing, it's, it's bizarre, unless you actually do it, everything just sort of just clicks and goes quiet. And then they've just like go and just like you running, a, like just not running, but like you're like just power walking through these coals. And next thing you're on the other side, they just stop you and like hose your feet down. But like you don't feel nothing, but it's like you're in your peak mind. State. Yeah, he's in your peak state. So it's sort of you just don't think about it in a way. And like none of us actually even said cool moss when we're walking across because you're just in that in that mindset that you just go for it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what's in that. Like, obviously, if you put it, if it's an extreme situation to be in. You felt yeah. it on your feet at all? Well, see, when we got to the other side and sort of was out of that kind of peak state sort of thing, I didn't really wipe my feet on the bit of grass on the other side. And then I, like, stepped on, there was, like, the cobblestones that's all around um, the stadium there. Yep. And then I was like, oh, fuck, that actually kind of hurt a bit. <laughs> and, like, one must have stuck to, like, my pinky toe. <laughs> and I felt that for the next couple of days, eh? But, yeah, like, right. there were still some people there that had to get treated from ambulances because, you know, they must have just basically just gone, oh, yeah, whatever. It must be – it's not going to be hot at all. It's just, like, a mind thing. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, whatever, we'll just do it. And they've done it and not listened. And then, you know, they've probably overstepped some 
they're bad and they've actually hit like even hotter coals. Yeah. And then yeah, a few of them have like yeah, basically burnt you themselves. Dry ice. Do you ever play with dry ice? Nah, I never try. I never played with that. You I've can, seen it before, but oh. remember in Bali, there was a guy and he was like on the beach in Bali trying to sell us like paddle pops and that, and we're like, like. You know, thirty odd degrees, and like you got it in a little bag thing here. Like, how are you keep this? And he's like, "Oh yeah, like this." And then we're like, "Oh shit, that's dry ice." And he's like unwrapping it, and we're going, "No, no, 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 no! Don't touch it!" Like, <laughs> you can touch dry. I've held a block of dry ice in the hand now, yeah. so two times. Um, first up, they don't. Then places don't want to give you dry ice because you make dry ice bombs. Yeah, yeah. Now they give you pellets, and if you get the pellets, you put them in a bottle, a little bit of water. Screw the lid on as fast as you freaking can because yeah. that thing expands gas, bang. Yeah. But if you hold a block, it it's cold. But if you splinter it, then it's um, it burns really badly. Yeah, so you'll, okay. Because we'll be walking on the concrete and we hit it with a hammer trying to break it up, put it into the esky, this big three-kilo block they gave us. And um, walking along, you're like, ah, it's like needles going into your feet. And yeah. you look down and that bit of ice is gone. Because it's just a touch of skin and then it's it's gone Probably like the hot coal, a little. It probably the trick with the hot coals is that they're large, yeah, and they're red, yeah, and the surface mass or the surface um, coverage of your foot to that. But if your toe goes over and hits one of the little ones, yeah, maybe it's just like it's just, just that able long. to do it. Whereas I'm not. It's like hot sand on the beach. I know it's not two hundred, like a hundred odd bloody degrees or whatever. But yeah. you walk across sand as long as your feet are lifting and getting a break. Yeah, it's okay for a few meters yeah any more than that and you just it's like your feet are starting to match temperature and yeah. it's starting to hurt um and your brain's like shit i've got so much more further to go being that it was only a short cold trip and you've got the people you've got i mean do you feel any is there any ego in it because there's ice ice baths used to have a bit of ego going into it like a pump yeah. up like you know we can do this yeah you know, pump the chest it is it is like yeah basically that's pretty much that whole first day is priming you that's what they basically Yep. label it as is priming you to basically be in that peak state to pretty much go through this routine and be able to you know conquer it yeah so otherwise if we just went you know rainbows and unicorns kind of thing yeah everyone yeah. would be just walking out there going yeah sweet right, right let's do this and then you probably have everyone there seven and a half thousand people burning the bottom of their feet so <laughs> you always get those people that um you know i think it once again depends on what their attention was to begin with, if they were there because their friends told them this thing would be really cool and, you know, you get to go drinking afterwards or some, something silly like that, yeah. they're missing the point of exercises like that. It's to be taken seriously, but at the same time at the other end, there's, there can be consequences if, you know, same with the ice bath. If you hop in the ice bath and you just want to hold your fucking breath for a while, it's not going to... It's not going to help. No, you no, know, you pretty much going to pass out there. Yeah, like, it's done. those those four things. What is it? It's fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Yeah. Um, so that's why they. Some of them say Wim Hof certainly says don't go into the ice bath pumping your chest up because you're already activating your, your um your uh, adrenaline, which is your you know your fight or flight. You want to get out of the ice bath. Well, yeah. you're already activating that before you hop in. Yeah. So if you're calm and you're present, and you're hyper focusing on your breath. And the sound of your breath going in and out, and when you hop in and you lower yourself into the ice, your body's at peace or at calm with it. So all you have to do is now is continue breathing, which keeps you at I'm just going to fight kind of mode. Yeah. Probably with the with the with the with the coals, you know, 
it's really hard because you know you're not going to die from it. Yeah. Um, and you know you can walk on really hot shit if you wanted to and you've seen people do it before. Yeah, exactly. They wouldn't do it, even though I've heard stories, um, they wouldn't do it if it was bad for 98% of the people. Just, well, that's it. That's yeah. like one of the other things I was thinking as well. Like they're not going to think of, all right, we're going to put 7,500 people through, you know, this routine yeah. and then have, you know, like obviously we had, we had to sign a waiver and everything yeah. like that at the start. Yep. But like they're not going to do it if it's going to affect all these people yeah. and then no one's going to come back for the second, third or fourth day. Like, <laughs> And they do. Obviously you paid for the whole lot. So like, yeah. you know, then you've you um, invested your time to fly down and do it and putting it on the first day does anyone ever not come back though did you not, know not that i realized like because yeah. we sort of stayed in like similar crews of people we all kind of went back to our same areas each day so we had like the same group of people that were around us each day that were sort of bouncing off and you know sort of getting that vibe and sort of you get put it. into those groups or no, is it no, just found a group no basically you just got sections there so you got part of their like platinum partners and stuff like that, which like these people pay about a hundred thousand dollars a year, and they go to like all the events that Tony Robbins has. Plus, they have separate seminars where it's just these platinum partners that are in it. Oh shit! So they're basically forking all this money out. They sit like right up the very front. They they rub shoulders with Tony Robbins, um, Scott Harris, who's an Aussie. Yep. Yep. Um, but then, yeah, he lives over in Texas, over the over in the states. So he does other programs. Yeah. Or is he with? He's he's always with Tony. Yeah. So he's yeah. basically been with him, pretty much doing all these Unleashed the Power Within. He's almost like the kind of salesperson in a way, I reckon, mm-hmm. because we had him on the third day doing part of it. Because like Tony used to do 12, 14 hours straight. Yeah, I had some friends do Griffith and uh, she stayed with us and her other friend uh, for three days and she, yeah, 14, 16 hours like, and that was, that was 2000 and I would say that was before our kids. So that was probably 2008 or nine. Yeah, sounds about right. Date with Destiny, I think. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because one of my mates, Craig, did that one. Yep. And yeah, but. I'm not sure what happened in that one. See, Date with Destiny, well, Unleash the Power Within is... Date with Destiny, um, Life Mastery, yep. Health Mastery, Business Mastery, yep. all combined into this four days event. Yeah, yeah, right, okay. And then each one of those go for their own four or five days themselves. Yep. But you're getting in this a snippet of each thing. Um, so you can pretty much, Scott Harris going back to him, he's basically the person that will be like, okay, well, usually it's going to cost X amount for each one of these programs individually to do. But they bundle it up to um, to Mastery University, so it's all of them you can pay for, and you can go do them all. And to this, like, I still wish I actually ended up just paying the money and doing it because, like, you have all those events, but I would have had to fly overseas. So the Health Mastery is done in Fiji. I'm pretty sure it was, which is Tony Robbins Island, Island that yeah. he owns there. Yep. And then, yeah, obviously we'd have had to fly over to the States for most of the other events. Florida was uh, Date With Destiny. Yep. But then, yeah, it's just like trying to get the time to actually go over there and do all these. Um, but that was going to cost, like, all up, if you did them all separately, you're looking at around, like, 60, 70 grand. Jesus. And then, yeah, pretty much if you just do 
is the whole lot now. It was going to be about twelve or thirteen thousand. Was going to cost me, right? And I'm like, oh, I should have done it. But then I'm like, oh, there's always going to probably be a chance later on. But then you don't know if they're doing a scare tactic because Scott was trying to sell all this stuff, and he's like, we don't know if Tony's going to be back here again to do an event. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's 62, 63 years old now. Yeah, yeah. So he's putting he that. Like, um, he's trying to. Hunt. Yeah. It's like a hustle, but at the same time, it's warranted because people do. Yeah. Like. I don't know how old Jim Rohn would have been when he pretty much, you know, pulled up stumps and stopped, but. It also, I think, comes down to, and what I, so this, the reason why I wanted to chat to you was because you, you did Tony Robbins and during COVID you did another one. Yeah, so COVID in 21 was when we did the, the live, uh, the virtual one. Right. Um, so that was um, a good opportunity because we'd signed up with Infinity Group then. Yep. And then because they're part of Successful Resources Australia, that do a lot of these events. So um, we're going to see, um, what's his name? Richard uh, Branson. Richard Branson yeah, yeah. in December. <laughs> That's going to be pretty cool. Because successful resources are a part of that. So Infinity, when we signed up with them, part of the signing up was you get your free ticket to go to the virtual um, Unleash the Power Within. Right. So that's when we first did it. And it was fairly similar there to live, but doing the live event is like 10 times better than actually doing it virtual. Yeah. It's insane, just the atmosphere that you get well, out of it. It's like Spotify versus a live concert, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, can, you can listen, but the atmosphere, I mean, it's a different atmosphere though because at a concert, everyone's up up here, but I believe in the Unleashed Power Within, there's going to be some people that have some real fucking issues. Oh, yeah. That, uh, like you, you mentioned to me before, like some of the intense moments. Oh, that, it's unbelievable. And I, I know... Because my my program that I did with my coach one on one, and I so I've never had a, a, a group experience except for ice bath stuff when it's groups of people. But one on one, my experience is totally different. I will never come out and say that I was pumped ever after any session, and that's that's my takeaway. It's no no nothing against um my coach. That's just how intense his sessions were. Yeah. four to five hours once a week for 12 weeks and it's something that you you could re i could revisit now with the growth work that i've got and self-development and um um agency in my life if i go back now and i did the program with him it would probably be way different like yeah. it, it, there'll be because he was i was trying to i was trying to answer questions and with the right answers, not the emotions or the feelings or the whatever, because I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, like, exactly. Timeline therapy, all of these types of pro um, um, tools that were getting used um, and you're just sort of waiting to get out of there and then you process it through the night and just feel completely vulnerable, like there's all these unearthed things. And when you go to the group one or Tony's one, you'd be full of beans, but at the same time, there'll be certain people that are there just to get a, just to get a top up yeah. There'll be other people, the ones that I I think that have the real dark issues, probably probably it's a good starting point, but probably spend a lot of money just on a good starting point. You, you, yeah. you could probably find a smaller, like starting out with like the brotherhood groups and stuff like that or yeah. men's medicine. Those types of guys are very niche, uh, close community and then you can branch out if you start to feel yeah. you need to attack. Whereas I think that, if I did a group setting, I don't know whether I would have got this weird sense of um, I've done enough. Yeah, it's like one of your mates. He did that one with 
uh, Heartland Warriors there on the coast here. Heartland Warriors. Yeah, Heartland. Oh, Heartland. Yeah, 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 and um, a lot of his coaches that are a part of that, they actually went down with Tony Robbins as well. Right, okay. Yeah, and like, you know, he had a similar past to what I did and mm-hmm. he's started doing all that and he's like totally turned his life around with just has that more energy and more compassion to pretty much mm-hmm. live his life and spend more time and be more abundant, you know, with his kids and stuff like that. Yep, yep. So, um, Did yeah. you find that um, you had a – you obviously had your reason going into it, like you mentioned earlier, but um, the out the work – you've got to work to do outside of it. That's where I think there's a lot of people that will miss that point. You yeah. do four or five days and think they're healed or fixed. Yeah, exactly. But there's a lot of work to be done because if he keeps bringing out programs after programs and tour after tour – they're all they all sound good they're all very good business models like you've got to recreate something new every year oh definitely to get people in the door now it doesn't work if you're not going to put in some work at the end of it no no well that's why you know 40 odd years he's been doing it for there's something that Mm. you know he's got to improvise and adapt with you know society and what's happening on with the world and that yeah yeah well i I mean i met an ot um which i didn't even know i thought an ot was just a you know, when you hear occupational therapist, I automatically think just work, mm-hmm. like you know, yeah. <laughs> but it means the occupation of the body. So the therapist works on all the body's occupations. Yeah, and she, she sort of mentioned something about um, you know, she likes the work of all those, all the all the big guys that do the, you know, Joe Dispenza and um, uh, Tony Robbins and I can't even remember. It's just one other one that's been around just as long as well, but. An occupational therapist is the the university science side of a life coach. Yeah, yeah. Pretty they much. just they just use the they have to go through the full on like you know the, the years at uni and then the extra years for whatever area they want to go into. I didn't even realize that, and she had some really interesting stuff to say about the the science of life coach. So it's been around for a long time, and I think what Tony works is what's the is it C not CTE is it C Oh, I'm trying to think. What it there, is there is an acronym word that yeah. it's been around, and he's just figured out a way to, in a sense, just talk casually about it rather yeah. than being so medical yeah. and clinical that someone reads it and thinks they're going to go to the doctor and get, you know, medication prescribed to them. But it's so much more complex, but at the same time, simpler than that. Yeah, it's yeah, literally exactly. just an inward look at every everything that triggers you or whatever happens and if you dig hard enough you'll find the you know your top five the top five things you got to deal with whether it's uh, social anxieties or you know um um shit relationships or terrible work ethic or nutrition all those kinds of things they stem from somewhere well that's it exactly right that's when you know on the third day when tony comes back you've got like the dickens process so basically that's pretty much like yeah, past, present, and future. So you know when had that um, that Christmas movie where you know, oh, the yeah, Christmas yeah. ghosts and all yeah, that. Yeah, Scrooge. Yeah, it stems from that. Oh right, because I was yeah. going to say Charles Dickens wrote yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, just goes all right. Well, you know where you at now? What are your you know your limiting beliefs that are pretty much holding you back from you know being better than what you are? Mm-hmm. So like some of them, you like you're looking at and you go all right. For argument's sake, you know, you got money. So I don't believe that I'm making enough money. Um, but then it's like, okay, so you, if you keep believing you're not making enough money, what's going to stem from that? 
and then you go, all right, cool, I'm going to have like financial issues, going to be having arguments with my wife. And you got to think of like the worst outcomes from that possibly could end up being divorced, mm-hmm. you know, there's stuff like that. So then you get a, a second limiting belief and then it might be like, oh, I'm not loved enough. Mm-hmm. And then this is like the one I was saying earlier where, you know, this is when everyone was like the real dark sort yeah, of feelings. Right. It was like, you know, you're in this massive stadium there, Kudos Bank, and then people are just pretty much like screaming, like wailing, just like in pain that they've basically probably been holding into themselves for like all these years. Mm. And then, you know, and he's like, all right, well, if you're not feeling you're loved enough, then what's going to happen from there? Like you're never going to get a partner or you're going to die alone. Yep. So you're trying to start at one point and think of the worst things, outcomes that can come from that. And then you've got your third one. And so, you know, your third one might be something else where you're like, I'm not, you know, I don't think I'm good enough for other people. And then you're thinking of like all this other stuff and then you're, you're, you're putting each belief on top of the other. Yeah, yeah. So then you're just putting like this weight on your shoulders and then it's just everyone's just going like insane. Mm. Like it sounded like you were just in this area where people were just getting tortured in a way. But it's like everyone just getting rid of all these bad feelings that they've had for all this time. Yeah, that's that'd be something to experience in a, in a room setting only because, well, for starters, you'd be in shock to whether you were like, oh, I'm not experiencing that right now. Yeah. And then there's this person like metres away from you just oh, unearthing. Yeah. Literally the lady behind us and she's just like screaming. They like, send someone to her? Like, no, no. Like it's no. just, yeah, like they basically say to you, like don't comfort anyone else. It's ne- Don't comfort anyone next to you. Like this is the way, like you just got to release these emotions and get them off you. Be part of your breakthrough to get, realise those beliefs yeah. You know, aren't actually real. Like, because then you go back and go, all right, I don't make enough money. You were saying that earlier. But then you go, hang on a minute. Maybe like a few years ago, you were making 10, 20, 30 grand less than what you're making now. So yeah. you actually are making enough money. You're making more money now. Yeah, yeah. But then the one thing, the saying that I've always loved is basically people live a champagne lifestyle on a beer budget. <laughs> and you've got to look at it now. We've been sitting inside for like three years since COVID, not going to travel, not being able to really spend much money and everything like that. So everyone's got, you know, these little nest eggs from all this money they're being able to save up because they're not doing all these big high expenditure, you know, things that they usually do each year with going overseas and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And now, obviously, inflation's gone through the roof. So to try and stop everyone spending money, they're basically putting up interest rates, they're putting up fuel, they're putting up, you know, cost of living to sort of, prevent people from, you know, being able to spend all this coin. And then everyone now, like, you see heaps of people just, like, talking about they're living out of their cars and stuff like that. And it's yeah, sad. That, that, is, that is very sad that you see that. And you see that with the, uh, the military community and the police community, the same thing from stories that I hear, that they're, they're all not coping with the cost of living. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think... I mean, I'm not in the house market now and I, I would love to get back there, but that's also an old belief of must be married, must have kids, must have a good job and then yeah. have a house, like those things it's, and then retire. It's almost like a, a, a textbook everyone kind of lives off and that's what really frustrated me like when I got with my wife because mm. everyone's like, oh, you're married now. Settle down. It's yeah. like, well, when are you having a kid? It's like, <laughs> well, I want to 
want to probably go travel more. There's other stuff that I want to do first. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, I've always been, like, I'm going against the grain. Yeah, yeah, nice. And the thing is, like, from, you know, being 19 years old, luckily I was still living at home with mum and dad. But, like, pretty much almost getting my car repossessed. Couldn't pay me fucking phone bill. Like, literally having, like, five bucks in my account. Yeah, nice. Not being able to do shit. And it was, like, if I was, not, like, renting a house back then, fuck, I would have been probably getting kicked out on the street. But then, you know, that point, you know, it's like, going, okay, well, I don't want to be like that ever again. Mm. What do I have to do to keep being better than what I'm doing now? So you're always trying to look for, like, that next thing. So that's the thing with, like, Tony Robbins. That was before Tony Robbins, though. You, yeah, you yeah. You noticed that, though. Yeah. So that's a pretty, that's a pretty um, decent level of insight. A lot of people don't get at that age when you're not just – well, I mean, when you're – when you're faced with probably losing shit um, yeah. and there would have been family would have been probably saying something to you at some point, like, you know, when you, for me, it was the breakdown of marriage when I started seeing that go down and uh, going and it was just like, there was nothing you could do to salvage it. Nah. And all you had was yourself. And if depending on what you're doing in your lifestyle, you're still spiraling down. Yeah. Um, Self-realization moments are very hard to, uh, to come across without doing some really hectic, reflection yeah and that's the thing now that's been really good where they've been bringing out a lot more around men's mental health mm. and stuff like that because we always take such a massive like weight on our shoulders where you know if we are in a relationship we're married or something like that or we've got kids you want to be basically making sure that you're keeping that roof over their head mm. you, you want to put those hours in at work to to do better be better so you can provide for them because you think, well, if I can't provide for them, we'll put food on the table while I'm worthless. Yeah. And you there's know? other pressures on top of that too, yeah. not only just that. So that's the purpose. That's the provider mentality. And then you've got the 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 um, feminine husband side of it where we're now becoming more – we're doing more roles than normal. Women are certainly doing lots as well. There's no takeaway from that. Oh, yeah, so it's definitely. Just, it's just like, you know, there's a lot of men out there cooking now and there's a lot of men cleaning. There's a lot yeah. of – there's a lot of on your way home, can you stop in the shop and grab this? And it's like, you know, you've yeah. had a big day doing stuff or if you're working away, it's probably a harder thing because then you'll, you'll cop all that, that built up emotion oh, yeah. when you get I, back. Oh, I don't know how the hell, like she put up with it for <laughs> over four years doing fly and fly out. You know, I've done pretty well for myself there. I'm bloody lucky. Well, yeah. there was, like as you said, there's always a, um, like a belief like that's probably a, a normal thing. Yeah. Like, you know, work, flying away, working away, there was money. Yeah. And it was sort of possibly only temporary. Yeah, that's it. And if yeah. you have a common goal together, then it, it works, yeah. um, provided there's an open line of communication. There's not a lot of that going around. But for you to have to that level of insight early to see that's not where you want to be is pretty cool because I definitely didn't understand that until I was like 35. Yeah. Or, I actually know 2015. I should have not bit of math with that. Um and uh, yes, yeah, so I say 35, 36 when shit just went pear shaped and I was like blindsided by this whole new world that was getting opened up. Cause I just thought like once you find the person, that's, that's just it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, parents relationship was solid. So mine was just going to be like that. Cause yeah. you know, but you forget there's another person on the other side of that relationship that you gotta, you gotta listen to. But I was just like, end of the rainbow is this yeah. and along the way, 
there's nothing else. Yeah. No challenges, no, it's just yeah, well, that's, yeah. certainty. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's not fucking certain at no, all. No, it's not at all. And that's the thing. Like, it's just so many cogs that, you know, are rotating. Mm. You know, it's a lot of things that could just sort of make a massive difference in it. So then, yeah, you know, have a kid, you know, you get married, have a kid, buy a house and all that kind of stuff. Now it's like, oh, we had a kid and then people are like, when are you going to have another? It's like, he's only almost six months old. Like, settle down. Go, no, I want to be able to have more investment properties first. Mm. Where, because you obviously you lose borrowing power once you have a kid and stuff anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you need to be trying to see if you can make more money so you can counteract that to be able to move forward to purchase another property and a, a third and a fourth. And I was like, look, in five years, if I can get another few properties on, on my plate, yep. then, you know, I'd probably be in a good position where I could probably end up having another another kid. But Well, you've got a, if you, as you said, if you've got a goal, you keep your goal at, at, at distance so that you never fully, you never fully reach it. Yeah, exactly. But you achieve things along the way yeah. through forward motion. Yeah. So yeah. if you, um, you know, got my house and then you go, cool. Yeah. Uh, depending on what type of house you got at the start, like it, our first house was, um, uh, you got you could probably if we were Hawaiian or Italian and lived six generations in the same place, you could make it work. But we're not that type of um, culture here. Yeah. So I always thought two teenagers in the house that we're in, the yard wise was like once if they got like twenty yeah. years old with their cars, we wouldn't be able to stay there. No, nah, no. Nah. So it wasn't a, what I call a life house. The same way your your place in where you live now, you wouldn't consider that a life house because nah. a life house would be the one I'm in now that can go up. Yeah. But if you, I'm, I'm totally the opposite to you at the moment. You, you're expanding with portfolio stuff. Whereas I'm like, just trying to, just trying to build an autonomous version of, of me. That's in, not, not in control, but just agency over everything. Yeah. Build, you build the business, you get not respect, but, and there's, there's a little bit of validation there, but, only because it's me, it's my name or brand, which I'm not a fan of saying my brand. Yeah, it's just yeah. a business that I'm building, that, but it's all me and anything that comes back is to me, from me. And, and then you've worked hard yeah, for so you can see your achievements in front of you there. I was always just, and it was, I mean, I loved my dad's business model and it was, it's taught me everything, independence, hard work, ethics, everything. It's all, it's like just respect. and It's almost like that generation in a way. Yeah. Like my old man was the same. He's like, Bust your ass now while you're young. Mm-hmm. Still to this day, I live to it. He's like, bust your ass now while you're young. And then when you get older, you can basically chill out, enjoy the fruits of your labor, and then relax. Like, I'd love to be – my goal now, like 33, I'd like to be pretty much semi-retired yep. by the time I'm, like, pretty much late 40s. Right, 50s. okay. I want to be – that's it. Yeah, and cool. And maybe work a few days a week, and that's it. The rest is, you know, chill, hang out with my son, because by that time, he's going to be probably 17, 18 years old. Yeah, okay, yeah. so you've got a real good vision going on there. So do something like that, be absolutely cheering. I mean, yeah. See, I think with visions, I've thought about it, and what what stops you is, um, well, straight up, it's got to be self-worth and um, what people think about you, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like you touched on before, you can go, right, well, I'll ring up the bank and go, I'm looking to get in the house market, what do I have to do? Yeah. Like all, because that, don't even get me started with that. I mean, you know, you've, you've, you've owned a house and you've paid it off for 12 years and then you think now with the current prices of a place and the yeah. area that you need to stay in, you'd think they'd just go, this guy's good. Yeah. But there's obviously been too many wankers that have cut too many corners that everyone that's legit and will pay off a loan forever or yeah. or do the work to make sure the bank gets their money 
they won't look after you. No. And they won't loan. I mean, what? Someone's loaning a million dollars the other day. A young couple just around the corner here, like behind here. It's a three bedroom, one bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Nine hundred eighty thousand. It's pretty much a standard now around here. Like it's just insane, and that's why I look at it and go to my brother. Like, yeah, he's just turned thirty, and like, yeah, he's got a good stable job and that. But I'm like, mate, he's basically have to buy a one way one bedroom apartment, probably gut the whole internal renovate it mm. and then hopefully try and flip it and make some money off it but you reckon that's is that is that the outdated business model now like or model to to own that property like is there anything see i'm i don't well, like renting like was always a not a it was on par at one point it was yeah. renting a house you know you it was the same same rent and mortgage were almost the same payments. yeah it was just there was i used to think less of renters in some ways because of my job going in through real estates for decades and yeah. just seeing how some of them treat a property and yeah I'm like, exactly how could you treat it like that so i started seeing rentals are as a as a lower form of human that that didn't respect what they had because it wasn't theirs so yeah. i never wanted to be there when right. I, and now definitely there now with this place but i i offered to buy it off the owner and he's like no i'm retired in this place and, they, and then the place just gained 400,000 on top of it and it's still yeah. it's still a 1987 built but it's yeah. it's not it's, and it'd go for like 1.4 oh, million or more and I'm just like oh <laughs> and and then you get that that idea of maybe I will just borrow that amount at 40 but the bank would never give it to you for starters yeah that's the other thing and I'm so I'm like how that so I don't see a, a way around it apart from accepting the challenge of change of yeah. being in a rental and then going you know what if I do everything to 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 line up with my uh, moral code, uh, my my values and beliefs, and that that a place will just appear in some way, yeah, or just you know, if you stress the the work disappears, if you stress the money dries up, if you're thinking anything negative, it just doesn't seem to to benefit you in any way. But if you do the work and you put yourself in a position to, I guess you could say, receive. Um, but you're still doing the work. It happened. Like this place appeared to me on the second week of looking on the ninth page of realestate.com in the smallest square. Yeah. And it was my real estate that I did work for. And I rang him up. I said, where'd this place come from? I've been there before. Um, it's exactly what I want. She goes, I just put it on 35 minutes ago. Yeah. And I'd never rented before. Now, don't forget, if you haven't rented, you got fuck all chance of getting into a place. Yeah, well, now it seems even more harder. You rock up to a rental property on a Saturday, Sunday, and the, the, the line back yeah. down the street. You and know? if you've owned a property, so I found this, if you've owned a property and you paid it off with a bank, that has no um, weight with rental. Yeah, well, you're, yeah. You're brand new to the rental yeah. market, so they have no... RTA history of you as a as a good tenant, yeah. But if you paid off a house, they say we got plenty of people who pay off houses and they still fuck our properties up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas um, we saw one couple that came in with an eight page portfolio book, all gloss pages of all their previous properties and how they looked after them. Jeez. And that apparently is what an owner wants to see. Whereas I'm the opposite. I'm like that seems like they're sugarcoating their stupid life. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of <laughs> So I'm like, like if you've been in that many properties, like why haven't you bought one? Oh yet? well, like, that, and that's it. And so when it comes back to that, thinking whether or not I need to, I keep having, I have a limited, limiting belief on if I get my house or get back in the market, then I've succeeded in this one hurdle. Yeah. Of the, um, the marriage breakdown, building a business, being a co-parent and a um, conscious 
parent in the new way, in the new woke way of sort of wokish way of raising kids, um, that oh, what was the thing that 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 hump that that limited belief is that if I got the house, then I can continue building my business and the podcast because I won't have to fear getting moved. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like setting right. up a your garage or whatever with your, your tools and all those kind of stuff. And then when someone says, sorry, you're out. Then you got to pack all that shit up again, move to the next place. And, and then you got to find a place. And yeah. then, but mentally I'll be all right. I'll be out as long as it's not Pimpamar or Coomer yeah. or some shit like that, you know what I mean? Oh, that's what makes, <laughs> that's what cracks, cracks me up when you hear things like they're going, oh, we're going to freeze, freeze rent prices and stuff like that. And then it's just investors just go, well, if you're going to do that, we just won't worry about investing in investing. properties anymore. Yes. And then you're going to go, all right, we haven't got enough houses out there now to, you know, get all our people that are moving over here from overseas mm. to, to put a, a roof over their head. Yeah. So who, where are the investors going to be paying money to build all these other places and that so we can put these people in properties? You know, it's just, it's just going to shoot themselves in the foot pretty much. So you've got a rental property. Yeah, and yeah. you got tenants in there. Yeah. So basically, what's the is there a relationship between you and the tenants, or is it completely um, gapped between an actual real estate? Yeah, yeah. We so we have our property manager that yep. pretty much just runs that for us, and then yeah, we just basically like it's a new property, so there's nothing really that's going to have any problems with yeah, having right. to get repairs or anything like that. You keep it six month leases. At or? the moment, it's twelve months. Yeah, cool. But then after that. I'm sort of just got to have a chat to like the guys at Infinity and see what plan of attack is because you can do those six month leases, have a new tenant come in, and you can up the rent. Yep. But the thing is, it's like if you haven't got that money to back you up, and that property might sit there for like two, three, four weeks with no rent. Right. You're gonna have to pay for that. Yeah. Out okay. of your pocket instead of someone in there. So, yeah, you got to be careful in that kind of way in that aspect of things. Yeah. Like a, that's the same with selling a house. If you uh, sell a house and there's a, a gap between them, people moving in or some whatever the yeah. cause is, there's a someone's got to pay someone else's mortgage. Yeah, that's the thing where you can sort of like alleviate with your contracts, saying like you know thirty, sixty day contract for yep. settlement. So say if you haven't, you know, if if you were going to buy my house and I still had to find something, I'll go. All right, well we might put it as like a ninety day contract. And it gives me that three months to find a property. But mm-hmm. if I don't find property by then, well, then, you know, I'm up shit creek without a paddle. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've heard some stories of, of normally people that have money who don't care. They'll just be like, oh, we haven't sold our place yet. And um, I think it was my brother and his sister-in-law. They had to have their mortgage paid. Yeah. Like it was just three because they had bought a place and they were still in this place and this yeah. guy wasn't ready yet, so he had to pay oh, yeah. four or five weeks' worth of mortgage on this on this property. And I was like, well, it's a little bit messy. But with the with that, yeah, that 12-month thing, I, I had 12 months going on this property and uh, I, I I enjoyed it. I even tried to get him to do two years and I'd pay him more. Yeah. But I, but I was like, that's not locked in. I, if you want me to, if you need me to go, I'll go. Like, I understand the process. Yeah. I think there's a... There's a massive disconnect between owners and tenants these days because tenants, most of them sort of um, have a, a a weird belief in their position as a tenant. They think, um, you know, I'm paying rent and the owner's just laughing. Yeah. Like it's not. It's yeah. literally just paying the No, yeah, that's the thing as tenant. well. Like as a landlord and like the tenants that are out there sort of sometimes don't understand is like, 
we're taking all the responsibility here. Mm. You know, yeah, you pay a, um, you know, you're paying a, a fee for if there's any damage or anything like that. But if they go in there and fully trash the joint, mm. like it ain't going to cover it. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, well, if you're not, in, if you finish up, we can't get someone else in there to rent it. Then we've got to pay out of our pocket for like, you know, those that time where that's sitting vacant. Yep. So there's like a lot of things as well that you got to, you know, insurances and all that stuff that you got to make sure you cover. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, if you don't sort of cross your T's and dot your I's, you know, you can come undone pretty quick and not make any money off the property. Especially if you've got multiple properties backing that, off other yeah. properties as well. Yeah, when one goes, then... That's it. You know, if your job goes, then, mm. you know, you've got to... Yeah, you, that's why you've got to make sure that you're, you're doing the work that uh, gets you to the, the daily... Non, what was they call them? Non-negotiables. Yeah. What do you got to do today? Yeah. What do you got to do uh, every week, every month to, to yeah. get to that goal at the end of the year? Exactly. Um, that. Uh, so, talk me through that infinity. What? Um, how did you get into that? And what is it? What yeah. You- so, infinity. Pretty much, we signed up in twenty twenty one with them, and pretty sure it was just like seeing Graham, who owns it. Yeah. Him and Graham Holm and, and Beck live on the coast here. Mm. And they're actually just building up at um, at um, Benoa at the moment. They used to live up Hope Island Way. Their offices are just out at Rabina, where the old Foxtel building used to be. Oh, yeah, but yeah. now they're moving out into Varsity on Lake Or Drive out yeah, there. Yeah, right. So they're actually expanding, getting bigger, which is good for us as clients because, you know, you can see, you know, if they're getting bigger, that means there's more opportunities for us to expand property portfolio, yep. expand with, like, the knowledge and everything that we learn from them. And pretty much we just did a mastery class. Like usually you'll see them pop up on Instagram and stuff like that all the time and pretty much go on there. You do a two-day um, course where they basically go through, you know, with paying down your debt faster, paying down the home loan quicker instead of paying it off a normal mortgage in like, you know, 25, 30 years. Yep. You know, you can pay it off in as this way in like 7 or 12 years. Right. So pretty much go in there. It goes through all that. And they have like speakers that come on where you got Dr. Andrew Wilson, who's the chief economist for my housing market down Sydney. Mm-hmm. And he's got no agenda with any of the big banks and stuff like that. So he shows us all the data, properties like, you know, back when it was GFC, what we're paying interest rates back then to what we're paying, you know, a few years ago, which had been the lowest ever. Mm. And then that's when everyone was just, you know, sitting pretty because they're going, oh, hell yeah, look at all this money that I've got that I can spend. Yeah, now you're supposed to keep your payments high yeah. during that period. Yeah, to keep exactly, it going. just yeah, get yeah. that loan People were way. just readjusting yeah. down to their lower payments and just going, this is cool. Oh, they're living the life. And keeping know? that money in the pocket. You're yeah. supposed to just, like, just to add, just a minimum, keep it at what the higher was that you yeah. could afford. Exactly. Keep it there unless you had a way to make that money work for you somewhere else, yeah. whether you got mining exactly right. shares or some shit. But yeah, yeah okay, so and that. then yeah, basically, you know, we've got financial advisors, got brokers, and then we have coaches on there. So, you know, we've got the money coaches that keep us, you know, in check for, you know, our spending each month. This is what we have. So yep. all our money will go into one account and then we pull out what our daily uh, weekly spendings would be for the food food, fuel and fun. Yep. So Pretty much self-explanatory. You know, if we want to go out for dinner or go to the movies or whatever, you have a bit of money for that and for your groceries and then for your fuel. So you live off that and then say for argument's sake, you got like two and a half grand in wages that goes into that account. You're taking $500 out for your weekly spendings and then you've gone down to two grand. Then another two and a half comes in the following week 
and then you take your five out. So you're like, you know, you're looking at four and a half grand. So you obviously your mortgages, your um, phone bills, stuff like that will come out of that as yeah, well. Yeah. So obviously it'll be a little bit less, but you're getting calculated on your mortgage on interest every day. So the more money that's sitting in that account is going to be basically paying less on your home loan. So say you had $300,000 loan, you got ten grand sitting in that offset, that yep. other account. Yep. You're pretty much only paying interest on two hundred ninety thousand. Right. Okay. So that's the goal to try and get that paid down, and then yeah, they've got like guys there that you know look after you with if you want to buy a new car. So you got a guy Cam Cameron, I think his name is. He's helped a fair few customers out, getting better deals and that than what if you go on to you know directly to you know the salesman and stuff like that. Um, and then we have um, usually have uh, Zoom meetings every month or two where they'll go through like finances with you know um tax accountants and stuff like that with us as investors we can basically get our accountant to do this uh, we're on payg you gotta be but we go to our accountant and we can go all right can you submit this form and instead of us getting our tax at the end of each year we can actually get our tax in our pay each fortnight so pretty much you'll get, say, if you're paying five grand or whatever tax return you're meant to get in that year, mm. you're actually going to get like that hundred bucks a week in your pay, but then you're paying less tax. So then you're going to have more money to pay down your home loan sooner than later. So there's things like that. I've never heard you. of that before. You're saying you, yeah. you can get your tax return given to you, you can get it early weekly. Than, yeah, you can get it earlier than what you, if you, everyone thinks, but you've got to have like your investment properties and be on PAYG. Yeah, 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 right. So there's that as well. So it's sort of like a hyper-focused look at, at your finances, but um, because it's so much to take in, you have various people at your, at, yeah. like as your resource. Yeah. Because you probably have a meltdown after the first two weeks of like, because this is obviously their world. Yeah. Um, similar to the... I remember it was the barefoot investor guy. Yeah, um, the uh, Graham calls him the wrong foot investor. <laughs> They're pretty much having like 10 accounts going, okay, I have one account for holidays, yep. one account for, for going going on, you know, like spending it to go, you know, movies or whatever, yeah. another account for this, another account. Having all that money in all those different accounts, you have that all in one account offsetting your loan, mm. you're going to be cheering because you're paying, like I was saying before, you're going to be paying less interest on your home loan because there's more money offsetting yep. that. So having all those accounts, it's not going to do you any favors. It's just probably that part, I, I mean, I didn't even read it. I just, it was a big, because that was based off the Japanese business model from, um, can't remember the name, if he did it years ago and then the Barefoot Investor just basically fine-tuned it to a more relatable version to young families. And it just gets you, Think of not not in the grand scheme of Tony Robbins, but think going to one one day of Tony Robbins class. That's probably what the barefoot investor is. It's a it's a taste test of you honing your skills yeah. on getting used to a pattern yeah. of shit. Like I, it's like me with business with the with running the the company. There, you know, reconciling, doing your jobs, and seeing it and feeling that 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 freedom or that release of doing invoices and reconciling money and putting these in this folder and that folder and, and just knowing that the business is not, and I'm not looking at the graphs and going, I'm doing well this because my, my business model is totally different. It's just sort of knowing that I've got an agency over all aspects of it, yeah, but not to a hyper degree where it's, you know, I'm watching every single cent. Like, you know, there's plenty of things I could probably cut and, and do, but right now it's just trying to feel that way. But if you have, um, 
as a, a set income that you can not guarantee. It's not certain, obviously, nothing's certain. But for you guys, you'd want it to be certain because you're basing it off an, a, an exact amount that you both get. Because yeah. I've just got one income that my best thing right now is to be to take all the business money that sits there and comes and goes and changes and I'll be sitting that in a different account which yeah. doesn't have a card attached to it. But yeah, that's where okay. more work comes into because, you know, I had a hundred grand in that account a couple of years ago and this is the interest rate should be pretty good on old investments accounts now that the interest rate's going up. Yeah. When I had it, no, hang on, what is it? Yeah, no, it was four it was four point nine nine percent interest on that. And I didn't know what anyone was talking about. I've never had savings in my life. It was always just if the home loan goes down, that's great. But yeah, I didn't exactly. realise that's bad for old retirees that have a lot of money. Yeah. So okay. when I had a lot of money in the bank, I was making seven hundred dollars a month in interest just yeah. off just off eighty or ninety thousand or whatever it was yeah. at that point. And when the interest rate started going down, so does that. Yeah, yeah. You're so not that, making as much money off yeah, it. Yeah, because exactly. I was just like one day I just looked at my bank, I'm like, Why have I got an extra thousand dollars in there? And I look at the statements gone this interest and then this interest put them together and I'm like I just paid a thousand dollars in interest or whatever it was for doing nothing. Yeah. Pay tax on the other end or whatever. Um, but I was just like, yeah, that's the other thing you pay all the taxes. Yeah. So you basically make, make bugger all by the end of it. Yeah. Well, the, the thing was, it was just, that was something to do for my business is to put that money there, but I will have to be spending a lot of time on bank, internet banking, moving money here and there. Cause yeah. you can't access it via a card. The yeah. phone doesn't access it. So I'd be like moving money from there to there. Yeah. there to there just so I can get that interest and then bank that like for me it's all about just probably building a small deposit but in your case if you've got fixed income like a real good amount coming in then you can work with a group like infinity yeah other people can work with barefoot investor if that's what they what, what their thing is I know my brother did it and I think he just found his own way of doing it yeah same way you probably have already you probably already um, touched up a few of the things that you do outside of infinity as well like you know they have their their model and then you bring a bit to you know yeah your life. In, a, in a way in yeah a way, maybe. pretty much yeah but like you've basically got them there every step of the way to sort of yeah you know coach you through keep bettering you yourself and yeah keeps you accountable basically you know each month get told if we've overspent and everything like that oh so, really so they got like full yeah they break down this whole spreadsheet you have they I, said that to you yet yeah there's so many times that have I, they? And I like <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't actually got in trouble yet because, like, <laughs> Graham, waiting for Graham to start ripping people apart with, like, you know, overspending because you're meant to be there to be, you know, getting financially free, paying down your home loan yep. in that 7 to 12 years instead of, you know, being a slave to the bank for 25, 30. And then, yeah, if you're going over that budget, especially at this time of year, Christmas and that, everyone's going out there buying all these presents everything like that so much harder now because there's advertising it's it's literally coming after you yeah it's yeah. like buy this buy yeah. that and you just all you gotta do is jump on facebook or instagram oh. and you know you're seeing all these advertisements for all these things and you're like, oh yeah that'd be all right i might buy that you know it doesn't <laughs> take much it's just a couple of clicks and you purchase something these days although i think you can like minimize i said this to the guys at tafe and a lot of them were working out their spreadsheets for their hourly rate and you could hear them working away and I was, I was like why are you accounting for your jet ski and that yeah. like hourly rate that's yeah. not what it works like your lifestyle shouldn't consist of your your toys yeah because yeah. you this guy's like oh it should be 147 dollars an hour and i'm like i've got 76 written down on mine and they're like 
the teacher. It sounded like he didn't like that because maybe he's done this spreadsheet so so much that I was like, no, well, I said, I own everything. I own the yeah. truck. There's no overheads. I own the – and he's like, what about the jet rotter you bought? You bought? I'm like, I don't have one and, and I outsource because I can get more work done and, you know, I get a fee for – um. Uh, liaising yeah. and doing the book work for the anyone who use and they were all a bit like you could tell there was this sort of locked in belief of how you should you, you, the only way to make money is through the amount you charge Yeah, there are other ways to do it and this I thought if you minimise your lifestyle to a very healthy level to suit yourself things that make you happy you walk on the beach you go out out bush and, and cruise out there, you go fishing, you know, um, gym work, whatever it is, all those types of things, you can still have a really cool life. You don't need to go out, have the dinners, um, you know, you find these things that you've already paid for essentially. Like, yeah. You know, like you've got your bike, you go on, you go for riding still on the bike? Yeah, yeah, still go for riding that on the bike. you got to factor the cost in for fuel. Is it expensive for fuel with the bike? Yeah, it is. Like, it's not too bad. You know, you're getting 400 Ks out of that and it's probably costing maybe 30 bucks to fill it up. That but, all? Yeah, yeah. It's just, well, it's, I never it's, knew how. It's, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. But 400 Ks and, like, you know, it's probably roughly that. But, yeah, you, depending on how you ride it as well. Yeah. Like, you, you're trying to give it a little bit too much. It, yeah, it likes to take the fuel. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like I find up here on the Goldie, like, a lot of people are trying to keep up with the Joneses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know, you just, it's a label, you know, everyone wants to have like a Louis Vuitton bag. And and if it's not, it's fake. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. is that? Or got to, got to drive a nice flashy Mercedes that they've got ticked up or mm -hmm. Audi to the eyeballs and yep. they can't really afford it. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to make it look like they're living a lavish lifestyle on Instagram, but realistically they're living it, sitting at home and not able to do anything else because they can't afford to do anything. But Yeah, that's, you know, that's that fake life. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you, you know you can you can get yourself to a point. Well, that but that that comes back to the Tony Robbins thing though too, because those are the things. And as big as it is, and as crazy as it would be with that amount of people versus just niche um, things or brotherhood or stuff like that. Yeah, those things are the moments that change that people aren't. They they want to see it. They love it because clearly Instagram is showing mental health like. Oh like yeah, it's everywhere like, now. Yeah, you see way way more now, like compared to what it used to be. Oh, it's, it's yeah. so it's there and it's getting more and more, and that's good. But advertising's rising up against it as well, and yeah. you know it's getting into everyone's psyche. Like I literally just bought two presents for my kids, one each for Christmas. Now you would say one was still three hundred dollars, and the other one was still like 200 they're not going to listen to it so one's a gigantic freaking stormbreaker from thor yeah that's pretty cool it is bloody cool yeah. but he, but he's got a fucking lightsaber in his bedroom that i bought for his birthday in october yeah now that's not me trying to be a you know a dad who's trying to buy their love with gifts that's definitely yeah. way past that that's me going um this is just something I want him to enjoy mm. that we never had as kids, so oh, why yeah. not? And then the kids' toys are way cooler oh, these days compared to what we used to have. Way cool, mate. Wait, <laughs> when you get, to, I mean, I don't. It's like drinking and shit food. There is, it's got its place, and just because I stopped doing certain things doesn't Com mean comfort food, eh? Yeah, com comfort food. I mean, I disagree with so much that's out there, but it's it's actively Man, coming. If I ate it. as much as what I like out there, I'd be the fattest little fuck ever. I reckon. But you know, you know full well with the work you've done that if you have just one thing, you it changes and makes oh, you feel guilty. Well, shit. it's like with 
with day four at Tony Robbins, it's all like about vitality and 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 like oh, so how day, you live. So day one was um, so you fit, day you, one's like your, your breakthrough. breakthrough. The second life. day you mentioned, which was the so second day you got um, Joseph McLaren the third. So he's a neuroscience thing it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more so neurological kind of things that you're going through, which some pretty cool things that we did there. So we actually had a team up into three people. And what you had is like, say, like you and I would be looking at each other and then you have the third person standing there. And for argument's sake, you know, you might have been thinking, you know, about like a grief sort of thing or whatever. So you go, okay, if I'm thinking like grief, um, what would my body posture be? So you say if you're like hunched over or sort of thing, sad look on your face. So I've got to mimic what you're feeling. Don't say anything. Don't like wave your hands around. You just body image. And I'm matching your body image. This third person's looking at you and they're looking at me and they're like, okay, well, you know, Chris is looking a bit more like, you know, frown. So you've got to frown more. And then you like goes for like a couple of minutes and then they'll go, oh, what are you feeling? And I'm like, oh, kind of looking at him going, maybe you look sad. And they're like, oh, okay, all right. And you go, all right, Chris, what are you feeling? And you're like, oh, feeling grief. And it's like, shit. So it's almost like you just off body image, you've been able to pick up what they're oh, so feeling. So you don't know what. No, nah, so I don't know what you're feeling. I'm just mimicking right. what you're doing. And then, yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, mum was there with this other lady, and we found she was actual, she was a coach as well. And, um, yeah, basically, mum and her were like mimicking what mum was feeling. And I was like looking, trying to find out what was going on. And mum was like feeling grief from like her mum that passed away back in 2011. Oh, really? But. The other lady that was there, this other coach, you could see her like shaking her hands and she was actually like feeling the power of like mum's sadness, like going like through her. Connected. Yeah. And it's just weird how you could like connect. So like I was pretty much looking at mum and the lady was there and she's like trying to like mum and I matching bodies and like body language and that. And then, yeah, the lady's looking at me and then she ends up going all like, what are you feeling? And I'm like, oh, happiness. And like mum had picked it up as well, knew. So it was like, you know, thinking of like a happy moment in my life and stuff like that. And it was just weird how you could just sort of like pick up just by matching someone's body language, That's how they were. So how have they get you in? So so you don't talk in front of the other person. So they don't know what you're nah. about. Does this person just say, I want you to think of... No, nah, they just basically, you know, just think of something... You're just matching, you know, you've got a body language of like if you're sad, happy yep. or joyful or whatever and then that person matches how you're standing and how your posture is Yeah. and then you just basically, you know, almost just like connecting in a way. Mm. I don't know how, it's just weird. And then, yeah, It must be the energies. Yeah. I was going to say um, to um, get to that point of how to bring up that, like no one really has a full control over which – uh, in those circumstances, which what you're going to experience? No, nah, like to nah. just come out and go happiness. My coach would probably say, and what you know, go, what are you thinking about? And then you'll say, I was thinking about this, and what about that moment makes yeah. you happy? And then you'll go, oh, well, this. And he goes, and what about this, this, and this? And it's really digs in, like really digs in and gets That's you the thing, real uncomfortable, real deep, and oh. like to try and um, you know break through those barriers. And Mate, the subconscious knows, and I remember this, and you know, without detail, I remember just timeline therapy. They probably have several different names for it, but it's literally 
the five emotions. Um, yeah. You know, your sadness, happiness, love, um, I think guilt and um, fear, one of them anyway. Yeah, yeah. And like he'll, you'll do breath work and you'll be sitting there with your eyes closed through the entire breath work and then their voice, whether their voice is good, this is why handpicking a coach is, is crucial. Um, oh, that's it, eh? Like it, it does help out. Man, I speak to him, and if he listens to this, he'll know. I every time I speak to him, I, I, it's weird. It's like the most vulnerable moments in my life I've spent with him, and I've got complete trust over him. But yeah, whether or not I think they're resolved completely or not, I don't know. I don't think they ever would be because most of the time that's the idea of, of um trauma wounds growth all that kind of stuff yeah you always gotta try and yeah. you're always bettering yourself yeah. you there's always room for improvement you just can't attach yourself there was the biggest lesson i've learned from my ex and and dan and anyone in that world is that they're always going to be there and you just can't attach yourself to those yeah. if there is a memory that pulls you over on the side of the road and you go cold and you sweat and you just feel like like i had it happen to me once and i automatically wanted to Feel like, I felt like I wanted to drink again. And I was like, this was mm. like, what, six, seven months ago. And I just sat there and I was texting my ex and I was like, you know, this come up. And it's the same process with timeline. It's just you forget how to go, go through that. Yeah. And it's sort of, you know, the cloud floating moment. You go above the memory, never in it. You go yeah. around it and you feel the, the you feel it. You match the energies that's kind of like that's there. And then you, you recognize that you don't, not identify as it, but you don't... Um, uh, you don't reconcile with that no. way of um, feeling anymore, and it's that's it's exactly what it needs to be—fuel for growth or you know whatever. But if you can't get out of that memory, then yeah, lot, lots more work to be done. Yeah. But in that that um, on day three, um, that sounds like an interesting exercise, especially with well, there's only three of you, right? Yeah, 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 three of us. And the guy sits up and st- stands up on stage and tells everyone, yeah, so this is like, what I want you to do. Yeah. No one comes around to your group and nah. does a spot check. Nah. Yeah, interesting. Because yeah. I always found how many people would actually be – because I found being completely vulnerable one-on-one when he would ask me questions and he's like, just just what pops up yeah. when we go through this emotion? Just say it. I just, I just got – they just came up in the deep and it was just like I just said them. And I don't even think he was really ready uh, at that time. And he did amazing to work with it. And the tears are going and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, was just, you're cold and you're sweating like crazy. Yeah. And you don't know what's going on, but you trust. That's when you first learn what the subconscious yeah. has, the power it has over you mm. if it's bad or the power it has uh, if it's good to experiencing that. But in a setting that you guys did it on, I mean, it sounds like you had a pretty good experience with that. Yeah, um, like yeah, you're on cloud line, cloud nine when you walk out of there. That's for yeah. sure. With with your mum's one though, the guilt, the grief around mum. Yeah. Just that's that's real for sure. Like yeah. I've seen some people that you know you you know lost their mum or their dad, but they've got young kids and they mm. think they're all great. But, but you're just you're just busy because your kids are yeah. taking the time. That's yeah, going to well, come back and get you later oh, on. Yeah, it's you know what I mean? Come and bite you in the ass. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. What did you do on that day four? What's day four? Oh, go on your mic. <laughs> day four, yeah, that usually helps. <laughs> day four was um, all like your health, vitality and everything like that. So goes into a fair bit of depth with like basically 
the dieting and how everyone, how we live our days now where alcohol consumption, caffeine, dairy, all that, you know, being more alkalized body than being acidic. Mm-hmm. So as you would have known, like back in the day, like our parents and stuff like that, they would have had, you know, the milk from the farm or whatever, rock up at the front doorstep in the morning and it last that one day, that was it. Yeah. Where now... Shit. Milk will be sitting on the shelf for almost a week and it doesn't go off. Mm-hmm. So pretty much they're basically heating that up and it goes into like a pasteurized state. Yep. Add all like, you know, the aminos and this, you know, D3 and all these other ingredients into it to basically, you know, say it's healthy for you. But yep. as they pasteurize it, they're actually turning the milk more to an acidic form. So what that's causing now is a lot of... Um, there's like osteoporosis now later on down the track because it's making the body more acidic. Basically, the bone density and stuff like that's breaking down. So now, you know, later on down the track, well, one way of putting it is like cows don't drink their own cow milk, do they? No. So it's like <laughs> ever since day one, you know, we're, we're, we're born, we're, you know, we're, we have like yeah, breastfed and everything yeah, like yeah. that. Yep. That's basically all we're meant to basically have milk is just then mm. that's it done yeah yeah and then pretty much go on to solids and that from there. Well, I heard some of the uh, that's why the milk teeth are round yeah and when those teeth disappear, that's when you're supposed to jump onto food like solid well solids yeah and if you look at the timeline of that, um, some of the times that's like two three years. But parents yeah, are wow. we're, we're switching and it's like it's no. There's no right way to do it these days. It's just nah. what, whatever whatever you agree with, whatever suits you well. Yeah, exactly. Then you do it. But if you want to try your kid on some solid food at one years old, that's fine. But if you look at the logic of milk teeth are curved and round because nothing's supposed to pass those teeth but milk. And if yeah. they've got them from two to three years old mm. and then they don't get their, their grinder teeth until the third year, yeah. well, that kid's either been missing out on – some really good nutrients from mother's milk or of course there's a lot of i mean you could mate, it's complex there's people who can't produce milk because there's probably so many things that has happened in the body genetically that yeah they don't produce my kids weren't breastfed because they it just it just they had problems like latching so it wasn't yeah. uh, um it was painful it was, it was it was it was just a disturbing time to see especially for mother not being able to do the one purpose that they're here for yeah you know, exactly it's, a, it's not the one purpose they're here for but, but uh, like yeah. yeah the one most pretty mm. important thing is to nourish their children with yeah. their with w- what they've been given and they can't so then you go do a bottle feed and it says it's got all this stuff in it and who really knows what's in those things well, so you know, yeah <laughs> but i didn't i did not know that about the milk side of things when homogenized and pasteurized i mean obviously being carnivore i only ever drink the rawest milk I can get here because it's yeah. fucking illegal. Yeah, well, that's what they say. Basically, like, you can still have milk, but you want to um, substitute it for, like, oat milk, almond milk, something like that. Where the thing is as well, like, if you really want, you can just – don't even have to go out there and pay, like, 10 bucks for a carton of milk with almonds. You just buy the almonds yourself, mince them up with a bit of water, and you've got your milk. Like, you know, Joseph McLennan was telling us when we were at Tony Robbins – one of the speakers there, he's like, yeah, that's all me and son and I do. Get the almonds, bit of water, mix them up, yep. and it's good to go. Yeah, I'm on the other side of that. I'm not a um, – I've been 
the carnivore and everything. I mean, I cannot have a debate or a battle of why I think any other milk apart from raw is bloody yeah. terrible for you. But <laughs> just because the guys I follow and I really lock into what they do and my body yeah. responds well to it. That's the other thing as well. Like everyone functions differently. Oh, so like you know. I, I had a friend, um, the daughter stay last night and said she was a vegan. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, Indy's like, when do you stop doing that? That's what my daughter said to her. And she goes, I'm, I'm not. I'm like, I've had the same question when I quit yeah. drinking. It's like, are you, you going to come back? Well, even like, in here, like <laughs> they state it, you know, you really, ideally, you only really want to be having meat three to five times a week. That's right. pretty much it. Yep. You know, and that's, like, yeah. Depends on the, like, you, like as you said, there's, if, if you, you probably know or like the sound of belief, like if you believe you're metabolically healthy to what suits you, that you won't get sick this year. Yeah. And you can actually believe it and it won't actually happen. Like I haven't had a cold or any type of sickness inside the last two years, um, mostly probably because I stopped drinking. And I, oh, 100%. You know, like I, I found I probably got more sick when I, like, uh, my diet uh, like a year ago would have been absolutely shit ass. People would have been looking at me going, what the fuck is wrong with you kind of thing. That's a breakthrough moment but, just looking oh, back on what yeah. you ate. You know, they say, or, you know, don't reflect on the past. It's like, well, you've got to see where you've come from for where you are now in a mm. way. So like, you know, like I was one of the, I'd, I'd stuffed me back up and, and ended up doing my shoulder, you know, a couple mm. of years ago. I ended up getting... Uh, cortisone injection in my shoulder lasted probably like three, six months and did sweet fuck all, to be honest. Mm. And then, um, yeah, I was able to get on medicinal marijuana. Yeah. (laughs) Munchies. Yeah. Yeah. That as well. Yeah. You know, I'd only used to have it just before I go to bed to help me sleep and stuff like that because of the pain. Pain, But you know, yeah, you'd end up having it and you're like oh yeah i've got some chocolate and chips and food and stuff in the fridge let's just go raid that mm. but then also on top of that you know i was having like two three beers a night and then you know having probably three coffees a day and stuff and all the inflammatory things yeah and then basically i was just like a recipe for being in a real acidic state my body and now since did the tony robbins in september i pretty much was there and then i just like nah stuff it that's it got rid of medicinal marijuana stopped drinking for like over a month or so didn't have a single drink now i might have one if it is on the weekend yep that's pretty much it don't drink coffee at all anymore just cut it out all completely the only little bit of caffeine i'll probably get is from a green tea that i'll have in the morning before i go to work yeah and then i find now like up at 4 30 5 o'clock in the morning i'll have that and you know if i had a coffee driving to work by like midday, I was like basically just pushing to try and get through the day. Now I'll it'd be like four thirty, five o'clock, get back home. I'm still sweet, happy to have time, run around the house with the little man, just trying to wear him out. And yeah, it's great. <clears throat> I love hearing that because it seems like you've found something that uh well, for starters, you know, after doing Robins, you get that you get that you've got a direction which mm. you've kind of already had before you went into it by the sound of it. Yeah. And then you've got you've got a few little adjustments that you've made and then you've got this belief that it's all going to be, you know, that's the power on top of it. And then you're rewarded with the, I can't believe this is kind of working kind of thing. It's like yeah. when, when I quit the drinking and I look back and go, it seemed like a mammoth task when I was looking at it uh, with old beliefs. Like, I think it's more like a social thing that we deal with these days. It's like, 
Yeah. You go, yeah, right, hanging out with all these people and then, oh, no, I'm not going to dream. It's going to have like, you know, soda water, lemon lime bitters or something like that. And they're mm. like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Why aren't you having a beer? Like, it's like a, and it's Australian thing. It's just like we socialise by drinking, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, the, um, drinking for, per, like if socialising, yes, normally it's to band-aid something. Yeah. Like, you know. Or some people or, or, just want to get fucked up. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, because, well, it's, it's still, it's either, it's either medicine for a problem. Yeah. That, um that you're trying to fix or you're trying to um, blanket and then you've got the other side of fuck man you turn 18 that is literally what the 18th birthday party is for it's yeah. there's no there's no record of 18 being made for anything except legal age yeah. drinking and freedom <laughs> and I, I mean i don't want to take it away from my kids i mean there's some cool shit happened with it. it's, the, it's yeah. the coolest drug ever invented because you could have 15 mils of this golden liquid in a shot and just instantly feel like a, a invincible, invincible creative <laughs> yeah you know, power, like just funny some people but then you, you know where do you draw the line after that but it's with the i love the kids to experience it but we're, we're just saying it's okay to have like you know dr andrew huberman from the yeah, huberman yeah. lab podcast yeah he's a neurobiologist and an ophthalmologist yeah. from stanford and he's like jacked tattoos all over him yeah his best friend's tony hawk he yeah. lived with tony hawk's parents. i mean you would not even think this guy was a 44 year old twin bloody um uh you know the doctor of two different fields yeah and even he's just like the best if you're gonna drink he's like one a week yeah yeah, yeah. like if anything is and then you've got my carnivore guy uh, dr paul saladino he's if, if people ask him coffee and he's like it's just not good for you. Caffeine, it's not good yeah. for your circadian rhythm. Just from that, from a from a nutri, uh, from a um, um, thriving point of view on the human body, he's like, if I had to do it, he goes, I would be black, organic, non-pesticidal. Yeah. I'd throw in raw milk, yeah, raw honey, and maybe he goes, maybe half of the cup would be full with bone broth. Yeah. Yeah. So even he doesn't oh, want like caffeine. To, yeah, like I used to have mine just black. That was yeah. it. Yeah, I'm, 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 I was doing bulletproof coffees. And, oh yeah. You know, I mean, I look when you stop drinking. We real, we got to be real, realistic here. Like, you know, quitting drinking in the society in the world we live in. Mm. If you can do it, and it's what you wanted to do. I mean, if anything, I took out of all the money I spent, all the coach stuff that I've done, and all the, all that stuff. If I, if I manage to be sober yeah then that's the win oh yeah definitely i someone just will if anyone ever asked what was it all for or what's it all for or what you know that is a win but i want more obviously and mm. that's that it's fine it's good to have more it's, it's the only same. way you can basically grow but if someone says you know don't have a coffee because it's not good for you and in that i'm gonna go okay well let's just see what i'm not doing anymore mm. and if i'm thriving in that one coffee a day or even then, it's sort of... It's one, a, one a week or something like that. It's not going to hurt you. It's like any too much of anything is basically not good for you, no, pretty it, much. What it, they, it never is. And that, no. that's that's the thing. It's it's moderation or what's your reason. So yeah. if you're having it to be social, then you might want to work on that because mm. you can be social without it for sure. Oh, yeah, exactly. If you're doing it because you think you need a buzz, well, shit, an ice bath fixes that or a cold shower in yeah. the morning yeah. or going... Or uh, catch a sunrise, get that serotonin, vitamin D going on. Or, you know, if you live in the bush, 
lay underneath the trees and listen to the birds and you'll get that um, forest bathing thing going on. There's so many things, but we don't want to believe they work because they're free yeah. and they're generally difficult to do. Yeah. But turn on the kettle, throw in a spoonful of shit that we we're never supposed to consume, but we we're supposed to chew yeah. a bean to get energy for a day. So you just yeah. put a, the tribal leaders used to do that all the time. It's a little bean, chew. All right, we've got 200 kilometers to walk to the nearest um, hunting ground. Yeah. Okay, well, they're burning shitloads of calories and whatever getting there. Exactly. So, but, you know, we can't give up everything, but it's just got to be in context with what you're Just, what you're, yeah, like you said before, up. in moderation pretty much. Mm. You know, if you overindulge on anything, it's obviously not going to be good for you. Yeah, but as you said, when you get home, you've got all this energy and you've you've stopped doing a lot of those things. Mm. And that's, that's a win because... Oh, yeah. You're already seeing it as a win. You already believe it's a win. So that's only going to help you probably make better choices when you're not online shopping. But, you know, yeah. you know, if you're drinking, oh, man, you're drinking, you're eating shitty food, you're thinking shitty thoughts and you're watching shitty programs. Oh, well, that was the thing as well. Like, you know, yeah, was having shitty thoughts, not enjoying life as it was. And, you know, I, I was actually starting to go see psychologists and that. And, you know, because, mm. you know, I was just in my head. And then, yeah, basically... I was like, all right, well, maybe some of these is like part of the problems why. Yeah. And then started cutting those out. And then, yeah, after Tony Robbins and I've been sweet ever since. And, yeah. Well, that's what, he, what does Tony say? That's it's his oldest saying, isn't it? So you'd be in your head, you're dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly and right. And I'm in my head all the time. Yeah. But, that, but not for that reason. Like yeah. my, my thing is I, I will always be in the head looking for variables of a situation, whereas – you know, listening to Marcus Aurelius's meditations the other day and laying in bed, he said, if I, if you can have one, you wake up in the morning and you're a human being um, destined to do human being things and he goes and you are somehow saddened by those things so which is your purpose, right? Yeah. He goes, so think about this. When you're laying in bed, is this what I'm here for? To be warm under a bed cover with, you know your winter socks on or some shit yeah. like that. And if you and I did it the other morning, I woke up, it was like four thirty and I'm like, I'm gonna hop in the ice bath. And immediately the first thought comes out, nah, you don't need to hop in the ice bath. It's gonna be cold. You, yeah. Your fingers are gonna hurt or you just have some breakfast. Maybe yeah. go to the beach. Get well, a coffee. Coffee would like, be good. Well like we had a um quick meeting this morning that I'm in that Tony Robbins inner circle part mm. of that. And it was like every morning Tony goes and has a cold shower. It's not something that he wants to really do, as mm. you were saying. Then you don't mm. really want to get in the ice bath, but it's getting out of your comfort zone. Doing something you don't want to do is pushing you to go further and do more better things. Yes, so, it's as simple as that. Mm. It's um, uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, the cold showers is still um hard to do, but uh, no, it's still just hard. I, I jumped because I I was going to hop in the bath the ice bath at Savo, I had a cold shower this morning. And my thing now is when I have the cold shower, I don't, I'm trying not to move. There's always something new to do in the shower. It's like yeah. normally I'll do some sort of tribal movement because cold showers touch different parts of the skin. And if you're moving, you're essentially warming up and it's touching every part of your skin. But if you just yeah. walk under or even do the slow hand pull, which is basically you just put your hand under yeah. and walk the, uh, the forearm, oh. the elbow that yeah and then turn yourself into it and do it really slowly and try and maintain while smiling which yeah. is another one. i've heard that yeah okay and and i i can't do that i have to either be jumping up and down yeah 
or shaking my head like crazy so the yeah. water's raining over me because it's the shock of one and it, like submerging in the ice bath. Yeah. That's different. Um, that um, it's really hard. I find the cold shower is, is it can be just as hard as the ice bath. So that just yeah, means. Yeah, really? Yeah, I don't know if it's the, Even though you've got such a massive sort of temperature difference between the two. I think it's just the shock overall. Yeah. It's the anticipation of what you're about to do, which scares you the most into not wanting to do it. Mm. And if you um, stand there and think enough, if you want to stand there and breathe and you can quiet your mind, then yeah, you'll be fine. But a lot of people can't, they can't quiet in their mind. They'll look at the water and remember what they did yesterday and go, yeah, it was a problem yesterday but no one tells you do you remember how you felt after it yeah it's trying to be present in the moment kind of yeah. thing and just yeah. go and, and that's the thing you that was happily... the main thing with tony as well like he was saying that you know you've got to be grateful for things that you've got you know mm. that you you know it takes more energy to be negative than be positive so yeah yeah being grateful and being in gratitude like mm. those two i used to think it was a bit of a joke too like, oh, 100%. You know, oh i'm so grateful to be here i'm so blessed i'm like no there's a difference between that saying it and being yeah in gratitude like you can i've only experienced a, a handful of times if i'm being honest walking down the beach and just 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 everything at that moment i just had a warm fuzzy feeling mm. similar to the feeling of quitting drinking yeah i was waiting oh, it's a you know that self-realization moment you yeah. see it in movies yeah, yeah where yeah. it's like uh, i know what i need to do yeah and then it just happens like the movie just automatically becomes good i thought it was all bullshit and rob lowe who's you know got a decent story with sobriety used to he's always spouted you can't help someone unless they want help oh exactly right or if they they've got to be able to do it and yeah. i was always just like using that as a reason to keep drinking or smoking or whatever it was it was just they were my reasons oh you know yeah. i'll quit when i'm ready yeah and it's no shit or, though or that old that old saying where they go it's all right i'll start it on monday yeah, yeah. And oh, I'll, I'll start it next Monday. I love the Mondays. <laughs> I love the Mondays. Or the other one when, uh, this morning in the meeting was, um, what does everyone do at the end of the year just before it goes into the New Year? <laughs> new Year's resolutions. And it's like 80% of New Year's resolutions are pretty much broken by the third week of January. They 100% are because it's just, look, it, I still think it has its place. Like it has, it has, um, like you suppose it's all in the wording, right? Um, yeah. Like... You've got to find that reasoning behind that resolution. You can't just go, I want to lose weight. Why do you want to lose weight? Yeah. What's the meaning and emotion, right? Yeah, yeah. Meaning What's and the meaning yep. and the emotion? Yeah. Um, if you... Uh, because you've got to think about it. If emotion behind something makes it like more effective, because I could guarantee you majority of people out there could say where they were, what they were doing, on September 9-11 when that happened. Because yeah, I, like, right. I can still remember. I was yeah, in, I was, I was in tweet. I was, yeah. <laughs> 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 it was, I was in year five. I was at home in the kitchen when I seen that come on. Oh, shit. So, Just as soon as you said that, I was like, I was at this house in tweet. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know if it's, I... It's, tick, it's putting the two together, emotion and that with, with something is what you basically will be able to... Yeah, yeah. ...vision it and you'll remember. Well, I don't... I don't well, maybe you had the... I think I just remember that was when I heard about it. And I was mm. like, fuck off. Yeah. I think uh, Shell called me and her brother lived in um, America at the time. In yeah, South okay. Beach, Florida. And, yeah. you know, it was the day after, whatever the timeline was. Mm. And I was just like, nah, no fucking way. Yeah. Like, you know, 
it almost looked like like when you seen it on the TV, because it was like, nah, this isn't happening. No. Like it looks like something out of a movie that you'd see, you know, like yeah. You, you couldn't you couldn't label it, so that's why nah. like that's a moment in time. Um, I call well simple core memories, you know. Yeah. If you think back through your childhood and just and just go, I remember that time at kindy. Yeah. Ask yourself why you yeah. remember that time. Like yeah. really nestle in and uh, I remember that one day at kindy and I've always gone through this and it was because I was off sick for three days and apparently all the kids were like, where's Chris? Like yeah. I'm some sort of king. You yeah. know, if you look at that logically, that's just a validating emotion. Yeah, yeah. I was a king in yeah. kindy <laughs> and I'll remember that day because yeah. when I come back in, they were all like stoked to see me. Yeah. Now that core memory has come through, it has no benefit to me now, Yeah. but I, I have that memory yeah. of when I was three or four, yeah. but you don't have any other day around it. So it's sort of, you know, the the emotions that we attach to the things that we have is, yeah, it just says it all. But um, what about on the four, fourth day? Yeah, that was Tony, that. Was that that? That was, the, yeah, the vitality day That's that right. we went through. And and that, yeah. So with the health, so... Do they just ask you questions like what things do you need to give up? Because clearly milk was obviously one yeah, on your Yeah, radar. so it pretty much goes through like, you know, acidity problem, like stuff yep. that's basically going to make your body acidic and that. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going through like caffeine, alcohol, nicotine, Everything drugs, all wants. that. Pretty much all the good shit. Yep. Um, and then then basically to have your body more alkalized, it's like, you know, get leafy greens, all that kind of stuff to go through yep. to alkalize your body more. So, you you know, you're... Basically, a good pH balanced. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And yeah. do you you find that um you looked at it and you were like, oh, are you gonna you go full on with it or you just yeah. So pretty much you have all these basically tools that you can go off, and then you've got as you finish up that fourth day, basically you pretty much go all right. We got ten days where we're gonna cut out dairy. We're gonna cut out caffeine. We're gonna cut out like all this stuff that's making your body acidic. You know. Mm-hmm. to stay away from all that and then that's what it, when you can sort of come off those kind of things and you don't really need them in your diet at all really well I, so i look at it from this point it seems like your goal is definitely a, a financial goal yeah yeah more fin- financial but like you know stopping all those things and out of my diet and that now like being, to it. yeah because i've got more value of life i've got more energy to sort of you know yep. do everything that i want to do and you know t- you look at some of these guys tony uh, tony robbins you're looking at um you know um joseph mclennan scott harris like you know they're all in their like late 50s early 60s 70s especially joseph mclennan he's like 72 or something like that i think and he looks like he's probably in his 50s if that yeah yeah it looks fresh so you're just going all right well mm. what are these guys t- Dawn, you know, if their dieting is the main part of it, yep. Wow, like you know. Well, that's why I was saying that because once again, when you're in a room full of people and they're telling you these things, if it's not, I've always had that belief. If it's not your idea, it's not going to stick. Yeah. If someone says to, or unless it's medical, like this is another thing that has to be strong. Like if someone says you got cancer, yeah. you need to quit drinking. Yeah. More often than not, those people will. But then a real good oncologist would probably tell them too. Keep drinking, yeah. smoking because it's actually good. Well, not good, but it's more beneficial in recovery. Yeah. Um, because stressing the body out through cancer is bad. But mm. most of them, if it's not their idea, 
and it's just someone says you should quit drinking because you know it's, I'm concerned. You'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. I'll give it a go. It's not going to hang around, right? Yeah. It's not going to stick. But because your common, your goal is financial, you've you've set it. That there probably either helps with you know spending money on useless shit. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I still go out there and buy brand new golf clubs though, but you know. But the, <laughs> now, well, that there, I wouldn't even know where you put that. You could go that these are the these are the things like. Um, you know, for me, it would be actually. No, I don't even know what I spend. Mine's food. It is literally with, <laughs> like with the carnivore thing. <laughs> well, it's just like you know, I'll, I'll eat anywhere between eight to ten apples or fifteen apples a week. Yeah, and I'll have either you know. See, that's why you're not getting sick because apple a day keeps the doctor <laughs> away, like, doesn't it? <laughs> mate, but but then I look into that, and if I want to really dig into that problem, I go. I still have an addictive personality where. I don't want to label it like that, but it's the same feeling. I'll have an apple and then I'll go, oh, that was good. I'll have another one. Yeah. Now, that is normally something hidden in there for me to look at. Mm. Like, why do I need the apple? And you go, is it boredom or is there something you're, you know, you're avoiding? Yeah. Um, and my thing is like, if I know you're coming on to have a chat with this and I'll sit there and go, I should do some work. I can't shake the fact that I don't want to do any work. Because I just want it to go where it goes. Yeah. I'm not being paid by anyone. There's no nothing. It's just a, you know, an authentic conversation where you say something. I go, I don't fucking know what you're talking about. Say it again. Yeah. It's not edited or scripted. So it's kind of like I'm not avoiding doing that kind of work. But it might be I could have had it done another job, mm. you know, to make a little bit more money to put towards that other, you know, goal that you've got. So it's sort of... You get you get comfortable in little addictions that sort of like food's rewarding, right? And that's why fasting, if fasting is if anything, there'd be plenty of people that say don't do it, but I've done so much research on it. My coach has certainly done research on it because it is one of the oldest things in the book. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Muslims definitely. have been doing Ramadan for, for centuries. Yeah. And they will handle it like twenty one hours no eating, four hours eating, uh three hours eating. And that's just to, to something to do with the spirit, mind, body, and um, uh, for people who have less in their lives, that's yeah. for them to, you know, connect with. Whereas if you go um, for autophagy, which is cellular repair, uh, whether it's mental, yeah. um, microbiome, um, tissue, soft tissue, the, all of these things, our body has no time to fix them because we're too fucking busy eating yeah. shit that's not meant to be in there. Yeah. So it spends all of its time and energy trying to process that. So our body starts to tear away. Mm. And if you throw in things like the milk, you know, or different, the acidity, you've, you've got um, caffeine is no good, alcohol is no good, yeah. um, watching porn's no good, all of these <laughs> yeah. complex things, you're going to go, you're going to get overloaded with it. But if you have a healthy addiction to change or a healthy addiction to a goal or achievement. Yeah. That I think as long as it doesn't affect, you know, say anything at home. Yeah. You know, you've oh, got to spend time with my son. You're like, no, nope, I need that. I need five extra dollars to make yeah. my, you know. I think as well though, <laughs> as well, like it was sort of, we're having the son now. It's going, all right, well, I'm going to be uh, 50 when he's like 17 or so. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm like, I still want to be able to run around like a madman with him. and <laughs> <laughs> I think you will. Yeah. I think you definitely will. Yeah. Man. I think that's mindset and body, yeah. as you said. Yeah, but. exactly. So I'm just like, no, nah, I'd rather be here longer time so I can, you know, spend more quality time mm. with him. You know, 
a lot of people sort of have their kids, like going back to what we were saying earlier, you know, get in a relationship, buy a house, have a kid, like get married, have a kid. You know, everyone's mm. like trying to do all that in their early, mid-20s and that. Yeah, I got married like when I was 26, but, you know, it's been, you know, what, four, eight years pretty yep. much since we decided to, you know, have a kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I'm like, you know, just do shit differently pretty much. But, yeah. I don't think – well, I think – we're getting up. Well, I was 20, uh, 27 when we had Indy, but married at 23. Yeah. Bought the house at 23. Mm. See, that's the thing. We textbooked it all. Like, the yeah. one thing we didn't do was rent and we still fell apart. Like, yeah. that's a totally different a totally different game. Doing things differently nowadays because I think we live longer because we're starting to come out of this, this shell of, um, uh, you know, just through the 90s, it was the low-fat era. Yeah, fat is fat in a lot of ways is good for you. Fat soluble vitamins, everything is in fat, real fat. Yeah, not um. You get your good fats like yeah. such as your your fish oils. Yeah, and all yeah. That. yeah, all of that stuff. But back in the nineties, my mum was making shit with low fat because fat was the devil, but it was the sugar that was the problem. Yeah, and so rather than them come out and go sugar's bad for you, they're like, no, 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 fat's bad for you. Yeah, and they kept going with the sugar. Yeah, like I think um. Um, I think I lost the point of what that part was, but anyway, um, I, you know, you're going to live longer nowadays because we're starting to find out what our bodies really require. Yeah. And then your belief will match that. Like my coach, um, went through, you know, eating like a king. Um, and I mean, he was a unit and he's solid and he's healthy and it works with him, but. Other people that won't work for. Yeah. They might need more of a vegetarian diet or a more green diet or a more grain diet. Yeah. It really, there's been hundreds, thousands of, or thousands of years that have changed our genetic makeup that some vegans will thrive. Just yeah. don't be fucking religious or political about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the difference. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? But I think you'll be you'll be fine. Like I, well, we do lose, don't forget, when we get to 40, we do lose range of motion. You know, um, we lose, you know, 6% explosive power every year yeah testosterone like, <laughs> levels drop like well, from 30 onwards yeah. and you're just like oh all right you can increase the so you can increase just the testosterone side i'm pretty sure that's growth hormone right yeah yeah, yeah, ice bath. yeah well, <laughs> so natural growth hormone in the ice bath yeah um the best way to get and i think huberman said it as well and dr Rhonda patrick she's the sauna queen sauna 20 minutes 85 degrees four times that day mm. um but you know 20 minutes five minute break then 20 minutes that's really hard oh, okay yeah but it activates growth hormone something fierce and in the sauna yeah, yeah in the okay. sauna, you'll find a lot of fighters will be in the sauna well they'll be cutting weight but they're yeah. activating growth hormone yeah right so it's, it's like a natural and not to mention you know your heat shock proteins for the sauna or your cold shock proteins for your ice bath anything yeah. damaged will reshape itself so i think i think if you maintain that level of clarity around what you're eating and how you're functioning you will be able to run around when you're 50 i think it's just i think that's i think we're reversing certain things yeah definitely are that's for sure and even then you're probably not going to be really running around i mean look at look at your how old your dad now 62 and he probably still outrun yeah. some of these 30 yeah. year olds i was I at their house the other day yeah <laughs> that's right yeah did he yeah. tell you yeah, 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 yeah. Surprise. You just come um, around and have a look at the kitchen. Yeah. I get there and it's just like completely ready to go. Yeah, yeah. 
What the fuck is this? So unorganised. Like, oh, no, but he's, I should have known because they, that's actually not a bad way. Oh, did you have to get in the roof to do those parts? I will be next week. Oh, well, but, hopefully it's on said, a hot day. <laughs> well, we were going to do it another way, but your dad's like, I'm a painter, so to see everything is the best way to, to view a job. Yeah, yeah. But me, with the amount of people that I've dealt with over the past, normally when someone rings up and says, come have a look at the kitchen plumbing, I just um, I haven't seen the kitchen being removed, so therefore I think it's... My my anticip my my um my expectation was rock up, have a look, and then yeah. nut out some stuff. But when I come around the corner, there was nothing there. <laughs> the, the skip was on the grass, yeah. and I walked up, and you know, I said this to your mum and dad. I said I wasn't mad. I was put back. But what was really interesting is that I wasn't mad. Normally, I would internalize something like that because it's about to change my day. Yeah. Now. That was because um, you've got to problem solve now, basically. Yeah, problem solve. I've got to add another job now. I pick up my kids in the morning and pick them up in the afternoon, and yeah, and I, you know, so if there's a curveball job, that this is a good test to mm. see. And then of course I got everything out of the way that day and came back in the Arvo and did it from three o'clock to four o'clock. Yeah. So I had the kids that afternoon, but in the morning it was a curveball. Now I said this. I said so. I'm not. I was not at all mad, even though I might have said a couple of things like. You, you know, your message says you were like, it just says, said, come have a look at the plumbing. And, and when I got there, so I was, I was pretty happy at that little challenge because I've gone to other places where I'm like, I'll just, you know, bite the teeth and then, you know, you'll leave. But that will linger for hours and hours mm. for that day. It's so fucking powerful yeah. when you have an expectation and it's, you're disappointed rather than accepting it as just a change. Yeah. And then... You know, I think if anyone could take something out of that would be, you know, to meet a meet a meet an expectation, a disappointment, and then meet it head on with a an acceptable challenge. Mm. Like, okay, yeah, this is yeah. this is it for the day. I don't know what challenges you. Well, you would you get oh, challenges? Yeah, challenges all day and pivoting from one mm. one spot to another. Yeah, it's a, it's one of those things. But what about the what about day five? What's day five? Was there five? It was no, five. it was four days. It was four yeah, days. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, what about day five though? So this is this is a good one. Yeah. So that was when basically yeah you're still <laughs> on cloud nine. You hang around in Sydney for a day? No, we pretty much just spent the morning there, and then we flew back up to the Gold Coast. Um, Many people on the plane that probably were. Yeah, it was hard to sort of tell, really. Like you couldn't really have felt them. Yeah, yeah, you don't really see anyone sort of jumping up and down or chanting yes, and like you know when we're in the uh, stadium. But. Well, I would hope so because at the end of the day, being a, a movement mm. as big as Tony's one and every other um, tool giver, life coach, um, financial guide, all these types of things, they you they mirror off his work and yeah. they'll mirror off. Dispenser's work because I think Dispenser and him are there too. I think Dispenser's the neuro. Do you know Joe Dispenser? No, you never no. even heard of Joe Dispenser. No, no. So he's Doctor Joe Dispenser. If you look him yeah. up, you'll yeah. find that I guess you could say Joe is um, he's the neuroscientist on on the work that Tony Robbins would do. Yeah. So that isn't that the the, um, the NLP stuff? That yeah, neuro linguistics. Yeah. practitioner that yeah. as well as another acronym word and he runs workshops in new york and and people same thing again it's literally the stuff that my coach did with me yeah it's all about rewiring it all from that yeah it? it's yeah. all it just it's just annoying when i say there's a someone says oh there's a plumber up the gold coast and you know he's good luck i'm like you know would i come out and go fuck yeah 
every plumber on the Gold Coast is awesome. Or will yeah. I be like, yeah, nah, nah, I've heard he's a good bloke, you know, does things differently than me. But yeah. there's, there's always this, any, no, everyone's just going to go, oh, Tony Robbins, yeah, he's that guy who makes a lot of money. Yeah. He's that guy with a good message. He's so big that there's going to be an amount of, same with Rogan. Yeah. There's, there's people who love him. There's, there's going to be one percent of people that don't like him, and that could be a hundred thousand people. Yeah, that's a lot of people to, that would dislike a person. Yeah, exactly. And Joe is boring. Joe Dispenza. I've heard his podcast, and he's very dry. And I get lost in his words. But yeah. he started something, and then someone else takes a bit and creates their own program. All I listened to six coaches when I went down that path, and mm. I looked at them. And they were recommended by my ex and her friend uh, that had worked with uh, Luke Pierce on the Gold Coast. And he's self-mastery is yeah. what he does. So he's trained a heap yeah. off the back of NLP. So it's just this, you it's know, a it pyramid comes down. almost in a way. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. I and mean, every business has a pyramid. My parents were at the top of the pyramid. Well, and yeah, then, you know, my exactly. Brothers on the well, like they say, pretty much, you know, that's why you have coaches and stuff like that. You don't just go into the gym and start training. Oh, you, know, you, get sure. a, you get a coach to show you how you're going to do it, or you get a, a financial strategy coach to teach you how you can better, you know, save your money, or yeah, yeah. like you said, get a life coach, you know, yep. stuff like that. It's, you know. it's people's perception of what they actually are. Someone said to me, Oh, you just got him gone and got himself a shaman. Mm-hmm. And that was some of my closest mates during the barbecue world that had so said that's, that. That's the what we call in Infinity the Barbecue Mafia, <laughs> where they sort of go talk about financial stuff mm-hmm. that they've got no fucking idea about. Yep. Or yep. in Australia, tall poppy syndrome. Tall poppy syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, something that's, that's changed. They just people don't really embrace it much. It's yeah, a, like I've been using that word overused. The projection, like yeah. the any time I lash out at the kids, I like, apologize. It's, it's like it's like assholes. Everyone has one. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has one. They just think their smells yeah. okay. Yeah. Like it's not the the mm. thing is just I, the keys. Assholes are like opinions. Everyone has one. Yeah, Everyone yeah, has yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the, the only thing you got to be. Edit the other bit out. Yeah, the other bit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's the authenticity. That's what yeah. I love. That shit. I love that shit because people listen and just go like, if they have. So Jonesy was on and he said, "I'll say the c word," but he said <laughs> the c word four times consecutive. Now I looked at that and went, he was passionate about that section of the conversation. Yeah, and I think it was around young people at the gym. Mm. You know the 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 kids that are in there from high school that yeah. you think okay well, this is good they're giving it a go they're yeah. trying to get healthy but they're not they're there socializing it socializing that's and why I left well gym yeah, right. it was like that because <laughs> like Marymount College kids were always yeah. there yeah. at that same time when you finished up work and you're just like oh this is it. I've, I've I've done nothing well when I mentioned this this couple and he had like thirty kg bump dumbbells and this kid was the scrawny standard kid of today you know looks like like Twilight, yeah, like, you yeah, know, the freaking, you know, the hairs—they they all look the same. Yeah, and um, I'm like, he's not lifting them. There's no way I don't lift them. Yeah, and he's just like, she's there, his little girlfriend's there. She's like riding him on a 45 on the incline, and on the bench. And I'm just like, and then Jonesy just says the c word four times. And I thought about it afterwards, like he just said that. Should I do something with that? And then I thought, no, you know what? I mean, it doesn't fucking matter because if anyone has a problem with it, it's them. Yeah, exactly. It's literally anyone that has a problem with anything. Yeah. I had a mate come up who said he just joined um, the Brotherhood. Yeah. And um, my, I had to apologize to him uh, later on in the day because I literally had heard something a while back um, about one guy that was had joined the Brotherhood. Yeah. He started network marketing. 
Oh yeah, or, yeah. Not that's my word for it, but it was sort of like a. It, you could feel the funnel. You could feel them sort of saying like, "Hey, yeah." It'd be like you coming on here and and trying to like get like talk about infinity in in the way that's um Scott Promoting Harris it. Scott yeah, Harris did yeah. like trying you to know sell hey infinity's got limited spots left or yeah. or t- Tony Robbins might not be coming back. Exactly. It was kind of like I heard that, and then when he said I'm signed up with Brotherhood, you know they got the ice and they've got the gym and they got five programs a day and I just went, I said, yeah, you know, I mean, well, hopefully you don't run into any of this. And yeah. he's just like, no, I didn't get that vibe at all. And then I felt really weird after 15 minutes later. I was like, why the fuck did I say that? <laughs> he just literally said that this is a really good positive change for him. He's going through a rough point. He's joined the brotherhood. But my yeah. little projection about gossip yeah, yeah, came out and I quickly apologized to him. He's like, you know, it was all good. I didn't apologize to get, you know, um, whatever. I just straight out recognized what I did wrong and yeah. did it. Now, that's another thing that no one does half the time is just like they say it and go, oh, yeah, that was the wrong thing to say. Own your shit. Basically. Own your shit. Yeah. Yeah, fucking own yeah, it. Yeah. Like, that's it. It's That's all it is. It comes down to how you act during the day, what you put out there mm. and what intention was behind it and – whatever purpose and if you fucking fuck up then you've got to own it i'll do it with the kids if i i said sorry that's just like a projection from a childhood mum was all over me about my room being dirty oh, so yeah you know what make your bed yeah make your bed i'm like look <laughs> i'm if, gonna be sleeping in another 10 hours time why am i gonna make it just make your bed just rework <laughs> but that's it. the thing it's like it it basically programs you you know it starts your day like you're gonna make it's something that you dislike mm. it's like an almost not uncomfortable but it's like you know getting uncomfortable to be comfortable you know like to move forward that's one thing you've achieved for the day at the start of the day mm-hmm. yeah it's like brushing our teeth we do that every morning and night it's yep. just a program we Habitual. just we, we yeah. do it but yeah did you listen to james uh james clear he's got is it james clear uh atomic habits no i've got the book got the i haven't book. read it yet though i've got the audio it's, book yeah. i listened to it and he reads it and um i only remember you know what and this is this is a great one for everyone to hear is that um, I stopped listening to it halfway through because I was still drinking and smoking because I knew oh, I yeah. knew full well that I was gonna have a guilt yeah. listening to him because I knew he was right yeah and he says the things it's like the aggregation of marginal gains so it's like mm. yeah I know right I was like well had to look up those terms um, so basically if you change something one percent every day yeah on an individual level at the end of the year you've changed each thing 365 percent yeah times 10 things by nine o'clock in the morning yeah you get up one 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 minute earlier this day then next day you get up two minutes earlier then three you brush your teeth there you you practice it whatever it is it's just aggregating and you're just changing things marginally but you're gaining at the end and i think he's atomic habits is is a is a the ice bath is a habit, yeah. but it's a hard as fuck habit, which keeps you away from any addictions you have because that's way harder than stopping it, like drinking. Yeah, that's still way harder because you know you you you're trying to survive a cold. Yeah, and then you get rewarded with, you know, four x times the amount of dopamine um, for six hours, whereas yeah. alcohol is like, you know, reward. Um, then you feel like shit for yeah. the next three days. Afterwards. Or you, you need another drink straight away. Yeah. Whereas Coke is like up and then down and then, yeah. which I've never done that stuff, but I can imagine, um, 
whereas coffee you're up and you depending on the person porn you're up depending on the person yeah. but it's immediately a behavior that you learn i felt good when i drank and then i don't now i need to feel good again when i yeah. drink and i don't if you go in the ice bath it's always chasing that dopamine hit basically raise the baseline is what yeah. i learned if you raise your baseline like james clear says with the atomic habits raising everything one percent if you get up early and you go to the beach and you do a sauna and you do ice and you do breath work if you do them every day your dopamine or your endorphin baseline comes higher so when you see someone smoking whether that disappears pretty quickly but if you see someone smoking it you don't even doesn't even affect you because your dopamine system can't peak it's yeah. already high yeah because the ice bath set it up there the sun set it up there but if you um if you don't do that and you eat or your baseline comes down lower so your peaks are higher but your troughs are twice as low yeah and then you get that um, ripple effect where you now don't know how to make yourself happy yeah so it's like you coming back after tony you're full of beans you've found a, a friggin solid um path moving forward and then you've realized the nutrition's working for you and you've got more vitality and energy yeah. and direction and then you're connecting with everyone as part of this group yeah exactly and then order let's just say add me in there too then we connect and then we start chatting yeah it just all makes sense and makes you feel worthy of even more yeah yeah definitely and then even before that like you know you might have a couple of months or so where you go back to training you don't go mm. to the gym on a roll and then you just go oh, i've had enough now drop off yeah yeah whereas now since being back you know, like I've probably only in the last two months or so that I've been after Tony Robbins, I'd be more. Mm. I've been like training pretty much every week, three, four times a week. Nice. I only probably had maybe like five days off because my shoulder was giving me grief. Yeah, yeah, you got to listen to so that stuff. Back to the physio, see yep. what's going on. All right, now instead of having our breaks for like, you know, four, six weeks in between, make it two now just for a little bit. We'll yep. yep. Work on it again and then, yeah, you should be good to go. That's a, you notice that part too about <clears throat> being self aware is when you you listen to that body yeah. shoulder. I mean that's just one that's a major one that sort of talks to you. But there's days where you just go, I need to go to the gym, and you get that feeling of, oh. And I did it the other day. I literally got dressed, sat on the bed, put my socks on, and looked at my shoes. And with, and I know Goggins would be on the totally yeah, other side. David of him, so Goggins, he'd be like, yeah. "Fuck that demon! I'm gonna take it on." Yeah. I just looked at it and went. Uh, I'm going to make it my bitch. Yeah, make it my bitch. <laughs> I just said like, you know, I went to work. It's Saturday morning. I did three jobs and I come back home and the kids are cool and we had breakfast or whatever it was. And I was just like, now I want to run off to the gym because it's like I'm, like that 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 fix or that hit yeah. because it's still part of the process. It's yeah, still part definitely. of being. And I was just like, you know what? And then I come out on the couch and my daughter and I watch horror movies for the rest of the afternoon. Yeah. And as as much as the afternoon just was really long and the night came in and you started sitting there just going, what a, not a waste of an afternoon, but it was no. a connective afternoon. Yeah, exactly. You still need, because then I hadn't been back to the gym. Today was the first time in two weeks since I'd been mm. and I would re I'd go all the time. Yeah. But now I'm doing the ice bath every day. It's like, this is that's what I'm doing now. Yeah. And this podcast focusing on stuff like that, getting excess coffee so I could speak to... Levi, who I spoke to, um, he's the uh, Hawaiian oh, guy yeah. that I had. And, uh, you know, I see him every day and, you know, he's got a, a decent philosophy on life. So I'm not addicted to that, but I chat with him. So this is what I'm doing now. So it's like you got to yeah. – if you 
if you found you fun in the gym and it's enjoyable and it's all that, and then you go, I need a break from the shoulder. That's cool. Yeah. I think that's the power, most powerful thing is being aware of what's going on yeah. right now. It was good in a way as well, though, because, you know, in the past I was like, oh, I have a break from the gym because I might have been, just didn't want to go or sore or whatever. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get back to it next week or whatever. Now I was like, fuck, I really want to get back to training. Like, yeah. I'm missing it. Yeah, yeah. Which is what I used to be, like, fucking years and years and years ago. Yeah, because you're doing it for yourself, Yeah, right? now, I'm like, yeah, you're getting that, um, you know, that sort of completion of it. Mm. It's like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, it just, shows, man, you look healthy. Yeah, feeling much better now, so. <laughs> well, the yeah. hardest thing is to, to look in the Not mirror. Not a little fat fuck anymore. <laughs> well, to be honest, I don't really remember you ever being that, but at the same time, um, you know, we've never really been to the gym, so... I'm at that point where I think I want to try and use that cliche word shred. Yeah. Because it was always, mass was always kind of, I don't know if you noticed that, but most programs um, want to deal with mass. Yeah, building. yeah. Everyone um, wants to be big. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, you know, I felt, it felt good, the, sho- the, the solid shoulders and whatnot, but there's still pain in there. So now it's just like, I don't like the thickness, yeah. like of, of, of the chest. Yeah. But without the definition, like there's no definition there, nah. but the thickness is there. So yeah. I'm just like, Maybe I should just work on de- – well, I am willing to work on definition. That's another one I learned the other day. I think it's from a book called Unfuck Yourself. Yeah. It's a really – he talks about – it's it's all about the, the self-talk. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's, it's just like want and need. Yeah. Do you need or do you want? Um, am I willing or am I unwilling? Yeah. If you say I'm willing to go to the gym this week and work on myself, if you go, I think I'll go to the gym, Yeah. well, fuck your brain doesn't know what it wants. Yeah. And I love that quote from Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee says, be careful what you say because I think the words matter because it's called, well, I think he says after all, it's called spelling. Yeah, okay. Well, because you're spelling, spelling yeah. well. I didn't even know. It's magic. So it changes yeah. your brain based on what you say. And I'm like, how, like, mate, bloody, even Bruce Lee freaking, I thought he was just all karate and shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he had some cool lines, you know, be like water. Yeah. Didn't know what that meant when I was a kid. Yeah. But nowadays you're like, ah, oh, he's just like be flow, just flow. You know, yeah. unresponsive to other people's bullshit. Just let's let it go. Yeah, yeah, Freaking, exactly. It's pretty cool. Mm. You reckon we covered everything? Wrapped up? Pretty much. Wrap hey. up? Yeah. yeah. That's two hours, see? Easy. That's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had it this goes so quick, eh? I had this thing. I'm gonna play that at the end. This was um Good times create weak people. Weak people create bad times bad times create strong people strong people create good times that's the history of the world over and over and over again yes thanks for listening people hope you enjoyed and uh don't forget to subscribe and tune into another episode on project chris thank you very much